Oh, get the dog collar. Oh, really now? Whoa. John needs to get on his dog collar. No. <laughs> oh, is Hutch here? <laughs> Wait, I hear the jingle jangle. Jingle jangle. Yeah, I was taking off the dog's collar because he he runs around and jingles everywhere and it's all jingly. It's like Christmas every day. Yep. Except Christmas shits on the floor. I promise. What? Fans and welcome to episode 17 of the Socks Cast. I'm your host Polly. I'm really stupid. And before we get to introducing our panel of talky talk people today, um, we've talked about it for a while, and now it's reality. The SocksMakePeopleSexy.net is officially 10 years old. Uh, I think that's actually as of today. I may be wrong though. Um, and to celebrate, we're going to be doing a special live broadcast of the SoxCast, and we want you to be there, and we want you to be on it. How can you do that, you ask? Well, let me give you the instructions. The date is April 26th. It'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we're going until every person that wants to be talked to has been talked to. Uh, I will be broadcasting that at my hitbox.tv uh, channel, and you can get that on the main page of the site. Um, and in order to appear, all you've got to do is uh, either sign up for Skype uh, with a new account or use the account you've already got and shoot a friend request off to the SoxCast and I'll be sure to add you and then all you've got to do is tune in and we'll start pulling in guests uh, to talk about whatever the hell you want. We don't care. You can talk about your underpants. You can talk about Rhett's underpants. I don't care. Hey, Rhett. How's your underpants? Fresh and clean. <laughs> and to my immediate virtual right... Bloodborne, 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 Bloodborne. It's Bloodborne. Blood. Born. Bloodborne, 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 Bloodborne. Born blood. Born blood. Born blood. Bloodborne. 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 Born. Bloodborne. And to my immediate virtual left, life's short and hard, just like John Thayer. <laughs> um, hello. Hey, did you, did you get the subtle nuance I was going there uh, for uh, there with your introduction, John? I think. Um, implying that even when you have an erection, you have a tiny penis. Gotcha. Tiny penis, John. That's going to be your name from now on. Hi! <laughs> How's it going, tiny penis, John? Hi! Doing really well. <laughs> You're actually. doing really well? You're doing really You ready to kick off a Sox cast again and talk yeah. about all your stuff like Saga and Steven Universe and all that fun stuff? Oh, just, just really boring stuff you've heard about all before. Nothing new. Hey, we've done it for four months and people are still listening, so we're obviously doing mm -hmm. something right. Oh, hey, yeah. You, people listen to this? I'm amazed myself. When I look at the numbers, I'm still thinking, how's that possible? 
This is the stupidest podcast on the internet. I wouldn't. I don't listen to it. <laughs> no, you do. You just like you cut out your own parts where you talk and you go to sleep listening to those. Okay, I've have I have cut to a couple of my sections and listen to them again <laughs> at times. Oh wait, oh, there's a joke. Okay, never mind. <clears throat> but we have a very special guest this episode as well. Well, we are on a roll with guests. There's not been an episode without a guest since like January. Um, but we've got a very special guest on the hamper seat. She is an a very accomplished let's player, one of the world's most famous Twitch.tv personalities, and she is a dedicated role player for life. It is the lovely Grims. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, Grims? I'm doing alright. How about yourself? Grimmy do, Grimikins, Grim Della Grim. Grim and cheese. You guys got all of them. I'm doing pretty okay myself, as you could probably already tell. Uh, Are you ready to podcast? I am ready. I can hear it in your voice. You're raring and ready to go. So guess what? You're going to get us started. All the the pressure falls on you. Oh, man! We're in the first five minutes of the show. This is going to determine whether people turn us off. (laughs) <laughs> or keep it going. So, uh, oh, Grims, man. Oh, come on, Grims. No pressure, but why don't you give us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Uh, uh, well, that's <laughs> 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 it's just like, <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Uh, I tweet a lot about stuff, uh, related to video games and, uh, let's playing and streaming and role playing games etc etc occasionally about uh <laughs> about other stuff but uh yeah i also stream occasionally and sometimes i upload that stuff to youtube and uh i'm terrible at video games but i like to think that i'm entertaining on a whim see that's that's how i that's how i got at it cuz when i play a game on stream chances are I'm going to be playing about 70% worse than I would if I was playing privately. So I look at it as, yeah, you're coming and watching somebody be real shit at a video game, but we're all here together and having a good time and laughing about it, right? I think that's, yeah. a, good w- I think that's a good way to yeah, look at it. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, it's kind of hard to split your attention between actually, especially with harder games, uh, having the reaction time. But also keeping the chat entertained, unless you have a, like a special guest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I always like. I don't think I've streamed solo ever because I just I don't like trying to interact with like even a slightly delayed. I use Hitbox and it's slightly delayed, and even then I still just don't like the weird delay. And I'm I'm really bad at watching chat anyway, so I I, I don't interact with chat very much. So everybody thinks I'm not very personable. <laughs> When the truth is, I really just don't like any of them that are in there. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you're doing the cool streamy stuff, your Let's Play, and doing all that fun stuff. What have you been up to? Uh, like in real life? Yeah, what you been playing? What you been doing? What you been reading? What you been watching? What you been listening to? All that fun stuff. Anything you want to talk about, just lay it on us. Oh well, uh, I've well I've been job hunting. <laughs> oh Lord, I know. I have how an that interview goes. on Monday. Good luck with that. Being here, Thank this you. should be this should be one of your references. This appearance on the Sox cast needs to go on your resume. 
It needs to be in my portfolio. Exactly. It'll do you some good. Especially when I sit here and say stuff like, penis, penis! (laughs) Exactly. It'll go over really well. Wow. What? (laughs) The enthusiasm you just shouted that with. Penis! Okay. (laughs) Anna told me that that's a game she used to play at, like, Catholic Church or something was the penis game where everyone starts out going like, penis. Yep, penis, I've played that before. Penis, <laughs> penis, and then whoever can get the loudest wins. Yep, yep. You can get the loudest <laughs> without getting caught. Yeah, I've played that a number of times in church. Penis, <laughs> penis, <laughs> penis. Come on, Rhett. <laughs> penis. Yes. There you go. There we go. Now I feel like we've got a proper damn podcast. Now that Rhett's talking about his Johnson. There you go. All right. So, job hunting, what else you up to? Uh, I recently uh, streamed a bit of Shovel Knight and DuckTales Remastered. Ooh, Shovel Knight. I think we might have heard about that game a little bit. That's a that's a cute little, uh, one of those there indie games, not getting a lot of attention. Uh, why don't you tell us a bit about the old Shovel Knight? I, sometimes I can't tell if you you mean to be joking or not. <laughs> I mean, think it's got... <laughs> She's being totally serious. I'm being totally okay. serious. What's Shovel Knight? Uh, Shovel Knight is a platform that kind of uh, goes back on the like the NES era, back before uh, you know games had uh, 3D, an extra yeah, 3D. dimension. Yeah, <laughs> more. Confusion. It was it was minus one dimension, hmm. and it invokes games such as. Uh, like DuckTales, for instance. Uh, what else? What else? It was a bit of and Mario Brothers. Mario and, Brothers, the Mega Mans. Yeah, especially the Mega Mans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Plus, like, 20 years of added refinement and design study and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How you digging the old Shovel Knight? I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Fantastic. Uh, Good game. It really is. I haven't, like, I've been playing it on, like, the normal difficulty and I haven't really gotten frustrated. I mean, there have been parts where I've gotten frustrated, but it's, like, more me being dumb than me not seeing something coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like I didn't die because the game was unfair. I died because I I, I suck. And that's excellent game design. You know, it should should never, you know, like, the player should always sort of feel like, whoop, that was my bad, instead of, wow, game, you, you just cheated a lot. Well... That's debatable. <laughs> oh, God. Hi. John's got some crazy design philosophy, let me tell you. So you're digging the old Shovel Knight. Yeah, I just played a little bit today. Uh, and it, it was good. I got through... Uh, I've gotten up to past the Mole Knight stage. Oh, wow, you're you're starting to come into the back half of the game now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good. I've been using my magic to supplement my strategy, my hardcore strategy of running up to the enemy and, like, beating him in the face. I really liked that um, needle air sword thing. Oh, that is so good. It's so fun. You can, oh, my goodness. You can cheese the last boss with it so fast. You can cheese oh, the whole yeah. game with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, like, the way the final boss is set up. You can yeah, beat it in, like, true. ten seconds. It's yeah, great. you can just, like... Hit her 16 or 17 times, however many it takes. Um, it's still a little hard since you have to, like, time it which way you're going and everything, so it feels really rewarding to pull off. Yeah, yeah. To never touch the ground in a boss fight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> cool. I don't think Grimms has that yet, though. No. <laughs> you're, not, you're not there yet. 
probably probably not at that skill level yet. We probably have you know completed the game once or twice before doing that. <laughs> I found the I thought the hardest part was probably the boss rush thing right before the end. Was really? That the rough, was that rough for not rough rough, but you know it was the first time where I maybe thought about using any of the healing items. Don't think I actually did, but no, I just I cruised right through that. Cool. It's pretty right. easy. Cool. There's there's one part with like the floating platform that spits like rainbows that yeah. you have to hit it and then run across the platform. There's one in the final like gauntlet of levels that it's kind of messes, a pain. Yeah, kind of mm. messes me up bad. Doing that area without I did a no magic run and that one room was like, oh, this is significantly harder than anything else. Yeah, because uh. there are a lot of enemies there that have like that like either home in on you or have attacks that. Are, yeah. are just at the right angle to knock you off the platform. Yeah, so not having that air dash was like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. Oh yeah, fantastic. It really is. We don't need to say the details, but I really like the way they frame the boss rush. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool. It's really cute. We won't spoil it, but yeah, that has got a really cute um, set Framing device. You fought Tinker Knight, right? Haven't you, Grums? Yeah, Tinker. So. Is it Tinker Knight the best? Oh my god, yes. He, like, runs around just throwing wrenches, and then he turns into a big tank. <laughs> I don't remember a giant tank. Okay, then you haven't fought Tinker Knight yet. Oh. <laughs> Spoilers! I'll, I'll edit that out. Don't worry. She won't hear it. What? <laughs> Polly, you're making no fucking sense here. <laughs> I'm getting. Ca- I'm going to get called out on my own podcast now. <laughs> what? I... I didn't say anything you did. See? See? <laughs> Listen to how angry she is. She's trying to kick me off my own podcast. What? Oh. <laughs> oh wow, Grams. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I had Tinker Knight confused with Treasure Knights. That's oh, right, right. I can see how you would get Tea Tree and all that stuff mixed up. It's understandable. Cool. Anything else about Shovel Knight, or are you moving on to the Le Doctail? Uh, well, I haven't finished the game yet, that's the thing. Uh, I like the upgrades. I, th- I think they're, uh, like, just using the different, uh, the different trinkets it is, mm-hmm. it is, relics, whatever they, they call it in every other game. Yeah, I think it's just trinkets. Yeah. Like, that's fun. Like, there are applications for everyone. I mean, some of them are more useful than others, but... Yeah, I like that there's nothing in the game uh, that I can remember that's just like, oh, you you just do more damage, or you take less damage. Everything's got, like, a specific use. Like, all of the armors have certain special... They have certain special abilities to them, like, oh, well, if you die a lot, if you wear the red armor, you can lose less money, or um, there are some that, like, give you no knockback. Um, and things like that. I think that that's really uh, a good way to approach keeping the game design really fresh instead of like having to like rely on numbers or I you know I'm doing more damage now or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's way more interesting. Yes, but one of the armors gives you a sick flip when you jump instead. Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> it doesn't do anything actually beneficial, but you look cool. Yeah, yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> it's the armor you have to beat the game in. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but you should. If you're if you're a pro and you want to look <laughs> awesome, that's what you got to do. Which is the one you use? You just said the gold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the gold. Gold armor is the best. Oh, that that's the one that doesn't does it make you weaker? No. 
I don't okay, think it, it just weaker, it just looks just exactly a, the same, and you do the Mario three spinny jump. You just do the spinny jump, and like when you fire yourself out of the catapult, you'll always land on your feet. Instead, That's fantastic. In, instead of just like crashing into the ground. I didn't even notice that one. Yeah, it's really cool. And the, tr- the my favorite part oh. so far has been. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I cut somebody off? No, I'm just thinking because I think Raquel also mentioned what you're about to mention as her favorite thing in the. Go game. for it! Go for it! The the triple king dance. Oh yes. <laughs> yes, everyone loves him so much. Why shouldn't we? It's just like that is like it's such a, a great little song, and the choreography totally makes it. And he's got all these expressions during it. It's so great. He's mm-hmm. so happy. And then he splurts stuff out <laughs> in a, at the end of it into your cup, and it's really weird and makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> then you drink it. I need an adult. <laughs> and then you suddenly realize you're playing Bloodborne. <laughs> Not yet, you. <laughs> we'll get to you, damn it. Cool. So. Oh my god, it is so happy. I forgot. I've forgotten, and I was just watching it. You're. <laughs> <laughs> John does that a lot as well. While we're recording, he will just wander off and do things like look up Wikipedia articles and watch YouTube videos. <laughs> He thinks yeah. we're doing a video podcast. Yes. It's like, <laughs> like and, everyone, and here, everyone can see what I'm looking at, right? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna dub in the Trouple King uh, theme song here. I hope not everyone can see. Cool. So, any more Shovel Knight? No, I think I think I said anything that I, I would have to say. So cool. that would be a value. So you're 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 also playing the old Ducktales remastered, which they sort of they come. A little cut from the same cloth, but they're very, very different in terms of uh, design decisions, I think. Oh, yeah. And this is... I, I guess I should be more... Specific. This is the DuckTales remastered version of mm, the original yeah. NES game. The Way Forward game. Yeah, the Way Forward game. Yeah. Which I like, but I don't, and I'm afraid I'm going to be drawn and quartered for it. Eh, you know uh, what? I've given. I don't think that's. I don't think we're gonna get drawn and quartered for not no. liking that game. Yeah, I, I think. I think uh, the three of us uh, who regularly host here have either all played it or seen it played, and kind of re- like all agree that it's not like a super great game. Yeah. I looked at it and then I was like, you know, maybe Way Forward isn't that great. Ouch. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go that far, but you know. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, to sort of like to sort of reiterate my own opinion, I just found it to kind of be like a very unambitious, like almost needless kind of upgrade. Like I don't feel that they did anything other than you know a really nice graphical presentation, um, and um, the, the the like the, the original voice acting and stuff. I don't think they really did much beyond that because like the level designs are largely either. Uh, you know, they're either slightly modified from the original, or they're note for note for the original, and I don't think that they really did enough with, like, the mechanics, or expanded it in any kind of meaningful way, and it just kind of felt like a plotting and boring game to me. Well, I think it, the problem is is that, uh, like, the 2D parts are excellent, it's, like, as far as graphics are concerned. Like, oh, the 2D definitely. Parts, are beautiful, and then you look at the background, it's like... It's, yeah, I don't really yeah. like how the sprite work looks against the 3D backgrounds. Like, it 
just something seems wrong about it. Yeah, Hardcore Uprising um, is another game that has that sort of problem where it's got this really great, um, you know, hand animated look to the characters and stuff. But then they're like all the backgrounds are 3D rendered, and there are certain enemies and bosses and stuff that are also 3D models, and it just really clashes with one another. It's hard to like get your depth percep- depth perception too. If like a three D model is going to have a hitbox, you don't exactly know where it is sometimes yeah, when you're a little two yeah, D sprite. Funky. I th- I think the other thing I had to try and I've played the NES versions. Like I understand it's hard. I'm not gonna bang on about the difficulty. <laughs> like whatever it's if they just want to do an HD uh, slap some HD graphics on it, whatever. But the cutscenes. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. Never shut the fuck up. This what like apparently there's a quick cutscene option, but you don't unlock until after you've beaten the game once. Yeah, I think you can, but you have to like press start and then button down to skip or something. Hmm, I can't remember. Well, no, you can skip. Like you have to pause and you can skip from the yeah that's what menu. I mean. but it's like this was there's a lot of information that was conveyed during the cutscenes that could have been done like in the background as you're walking I, I tell you what there wasn't anything conveyed during those cutscenes anything that I would deem <laughs> as information well, I mean, if they wanted, if they wanted to like flesh out the world a little bit more, yeah, like, they fine. could they could have those characters walk and talk. Which would have been really good. I was thinking about that as well. Yeah, the, like maybe if their mouths would have moved too. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just really weird to see things emoting at each other, but like not really interact. Were even like no lip syncing. I was like, okay, why do they bother? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like way forward. You know, they have a prowess for amazing sprite work, and I, like how they didn't get lip flap in there at least just just kind of like what or would it be like bill flap <laughs> <laughs> and i mean the voice acting is pretty good i mean they got all the original like they got a bunch of the original voice actors yeah just really got, cool you've but... got 96 year old scrooge mcduck yeah and like magic of dispel i think she's like 88 this is like wow they're they're really doing it impressive and it's just like it's, it's not a substantial story or anything, but it's just like it's nice to hear that cast again. Yeah. <laughs> Though speaking of, uh, as a side note, ha- ha- I've seen uh, you-, you know data from Star Trek: Next Generation, right? Yeah. Uh, I recently saw a picture where uh, he wears the suit again. Like, oh, the, his God. original uniform. Oh, no. And, and like, I feel bad, because I know Brett Spiner's talented, I'm sure. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. But he reminds me of the guy from uh, Saul, like Jigsaw. Oh, oh my God. Only with a Star Trek uniform. Oh, my I'm gonna God. Link, I'm going to link it to you. <laughs> he seriously reminds me of... Oh, my God. This is a true horror story. It's terrifying. You're right. He... He does kind of remind me of this oh, wow. guy. Yeah, oh, that's wow. that's unfortunate. Oh, don't, like, don't wear that, Brett Spiner. Please don't wear that. Well, no, no, no. The uniform is all right. Yeah, the like, uniform's all right. But, but it doesn't. F- 
poor Brent Spiner. I'm sorry. Why do you have to look like Jigsaw, Brent Spiner? I know it's not you. You're not Tobin Bell. Why do you look like (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my lord. (laughs) But, but, yeah. Getting back uh, to DuckTales. Like, it, it was, it was... It was, like, you know, cool hearing that cast again, even though you can definitely tell they're uh, a lot older. Um, yeah. Definitely, like, there's not a lot of emotion to be had here uh, in this little story. It's just trying to make the one-off jokes work, I guess, which is what you've got to do when you're working with a property like that now. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to have fun with it. I mean, I don't think it's a bad game it's just it's adequate like having pl- i played shovel knight first before oh, i played this yeah that's what happened like, to me as well i was like oh well i played it when it first came out and i i wasn't really like like i know fresno was flipping his shit about it and, and it's just like what I, I i've i've never just been able to understand his infatuation with that game like to the level that it is because to me it's just like you know, there are way better platformers out there right now. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna listen to this and oh. He doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Fred Snow, but that uh, DuckTales Remastered's kinda of boring dog. <laughs> Sorry, it's gotta be said. I'm not one to call out our listeners, but actually yeah, I am. Fuck. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. How many different um, versions of the moon theme are in that game? Oh, oh God. God. That game I... is moon theme pornography. It's at least four. <laughs> I... There's like two in the end credits, the moon itself, and then like the like the lobby theme. The... Kind of. There are so many good tunes in that game. Why do we only care about the moon theme? Because internet made it popular. It's just like... Come on, the Amazon theme is great. The Himalayas theme is great. Oh, that's right. I think they put the moon theme in the Himalayas yeah, in the stage. Himalaya so, stage. So that's five or yeah. something. Oh. What? Yeah, the moon theme has a reprisal in the Himalayan stage. Wow. Yeah, it was just like, how many times can Jake Kaufman fuck the moon theme? <laughs> <clears throat> and no offense to Jake Kaufman either. I love the man's work. I am a huge fan and have been for years, but that soundtrack is just so pandery and wish-washy to me. Listen to us. We're just cynical. Yeah. Obviously. I'm done with it. Fuck this podcast. Totally <laughs> that's, re- that's, oh, really no. just, that's really just how I care I know. myself, you know? <laughs> Everything I do. <laughs> John, Mr. Cynical over there. Yeah, God. It's the most cynical it, person we know. No enthusiasm. No enthusiasm. Uh, I think if John tried to scowl, his face would literally break. That actually kind of hurts. Hey, how fitting! Did you play anything that was, that anything else that, that compelled a little more than Ducktales after Shovel Knight? Uh, recently, not quite. Uh. I mean, I, I played Quest of Dungeons, and that was a fun little uh, dungeon crawler. Uh, not the best balanced in times, but it's... Let me double-check the Steam page. Quest of Dungeons. 
Snake's a real like it's a name you know what you're getting into there. It's just like Legend of Dungeon. <laughs> I think there are so many games on Steam they've straight up run out of names now. Dungeon? Yeah. Like you see the like the word labyrinth and dungeon a lot. Yeah, here's Dungeon of the Endless. I'm just looking at the main page, by oh, the way. Dungeon of the Endless. Legend Darkest of Dungeon. Dungeon Darkness Dungeon Darkest Dungeon. Dungeon Defenders. Desktop Dungeon. Oh my god. That's Die just our dungeon. That's Big just dungeon. on my main page. Dungeon Highway, Dungeon Warfare, Dungeon Siege, Legend of Dungeon, Pixel Boy and the Ever Expanding Dungeon, Dungeon Dashers, Dungeon Defenders Eternity, Dungeon Hearts, Adventure Time, Explore the Dungeon, just because I don't know. Death Trap Dungeon, Dungeon Shooter. Okay, dungeon we, we, party, we, we, dungeon of elements, we got, we got so. it. We got you, John. We get it. <laughs> we got we got you. We got you. Calm down. Wow. We got you. So you got me. You got so. me. It's a fun little $5 game. Yeah, it's, I like those $5 games, though. I've had some really good times with some of those. Like The Binding For of sure. Isaac. Like The Binding of Isaac. <laughs> I've gotten way too many hours out of that. Oh, yeah, I still have to... I've beaten Rebirth a couple of times, but I still have to... I haven't gotten all the way down there. You all the way I mean? down into that womb, huh? You're looking to do some <laughs> spelunking, are you? Uh-huh. We're going to get all I've, the way the up Spelunking is the other game. I think I've gotten like uh, down to the cathedral. Oh damn! Oh, but like, I know I haven't unlocked everything there is to that game. Oh no! I've I, I am I am <laughs> I've played about 116 hours of it, and I still haven't either. No mere mortal unlocks everything in that game. No. <laughs> Lord. I have Lord. a couple friends who are trying. Like, okay. That's cool. <laughs> it's like I'm that. It's like we'll talk more about Binding of Isaac in a bit, but I'll just say there are certain things in that game I am just never gonna try. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not that masochistic. I wonder when. I, I'm pretty sure at some point I'm just gonna get really back, really deep back into Binding of Isaac and Splunky, since I just kind of played a good chunk of them both and then kind of held, re- pulled back. And I loved both of them. And you regressed into playing terrible games like Saga. He he's on the up and up now. He's We're, on the up and up. We've got he's him. On re- he's, yeah, we've got him rehab. on the mend. We've got him on the mend. Dark Souls Rehab Center. <laughs> oh, you ruined it. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> so, um, along with video games, Miss Grimm's, I happen to know that you are quite active in tabletop gaming. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> it's 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 not, it's not a topic we've actually talked about a lot on here, but I think it would be cool to hear somebody talk a bit about it and sort of give us an idea of like what you play, like how's that going, like what's going on, how's it going? Those games, them tabletop dicey rolly games. Well, I I like them. It's a it's a way to like just chill out with a bunch of people. Uh basically get away from the world for a while and uh you know beat up monsters only like not actually beating people up like no cops are involved unfortunately <laughs> unless unless they're the virtual cops or the in the game but virtual <laughs> you know what cops I mean. the virtual cops are going to get sega involved here <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you but, uh, play pathfinder yeah, I've played a couple different games, mostly Pathfinder. Uh, I played on a, I guess, a podcasty type thing uh, over a different site. 
uh, I don't know if it's cool to mention the go name ahead, or not. Go ahead, plug them. Oh, uh, Mad Adventures. Uh, I was in the... I was in the... Let me double check. Uh, their Series 11, they they rotate. Like, they rotate the cast of people who are playing the game. Mm-hmm. And they do a different, you know, setting. Like, basically, they try to give people an idea of what it's like to play the game. And this time it was Fate. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, instead of... This is going to sound awfully nerdy. <laughs> go, go for it. <laughs> Uh, well, just let me know if I'm boring. Go all in. There is no such thing <laughs> as boring. Me. There is no such thing as boring on the Sox cast. But uh, with Fate and also uh, the Dresden Files RPG, which is based on the books, but uses the Fate system for the most part, it involves rolling a bunch of fudge dice, like four fudge dice. There's like pluses, minuses, and blanks, and you just kind of roll it that way. I was hoping uh, the dice were made out of fudge. Huh? I was hoping the dice were made out of fudge. I know, right? I think some people make those. <laughs> that would be so good. I would play a game with fudge dice. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is that I know if I had made fudge dice, I would probably be eating them in the middle of the session and would run out of dice. That's that, that would be my problem as well, but that's why we would just have to make a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and share them with nobody. I'm sorry, I'm just going to have my row of my tray of dice. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes up half the table, Crims. <laughs> it's fine. Trust me, I'm going to need these. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I bought um I got Fiasco for Christmas, which is that kind of Coen Brothersy tabletop game because I I tried Dungeons and Dragons a bunch and um <laughs> never got into like a rhythm with it or he just did a bunch of sessions over uh, like regularly yeah, like, I, so think I, I, played, I think I played uh, third edition uh, back in 99 and 2000 for about a year straight with a pretty consistent group of people and it, oh, was, cool. it was pretty awesome rad I, I want to play Fiasco it's on the table like Fiasco and Dread are systems I've heard about but haven't tried yet that mm-hmm. I want to try because I think cool. it would be pretty interesting. It looks really fun. I read through the book. It looks rad. I just need to actually get some dice, actually, before I can play it. <laughs> Make them out what of fudge. Of, what kind of dice are they? Or are they? Just a bunch of six-sided dice. You need two different colors. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have enough dice to <laughs> cover that pretty well. <laughs> From your Twitter account, I can definitely tell you've got a lot of dice. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, you are quite the dice connoisseur. Uh, well, yeah, I I do like dice. Uh, it's not that I like dice; I just like cubes. Eh. Well, it's also like I needed a set of dice for like Shadowrun, which uses like oh, a Lord. bunch, yeah, so many d sixes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's <clears throat> that I've only played a couple games of, and it, it was okay. It's okay. But, uh, it gets a little more complicated than I kind of want my RPG experience to get. It, mm-hmm. it makes Pathfinder look less complicated. And when you make <clears throat> Pathfinder look less complicated, you know you're really, really complicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've really convoluted things at that point. I mean, if you're unfamiliar with Pathfinder, it's basically D&D 3.75. Yeah. And uh, that's where it seems like... the. Ma- not the majority, but like the mo- I've had the most experience with it, and I like it. 
Yeah, D&D uh, is fun. It's fun as hell. It really hey. is. The couple of times I've gotten to do it. Hmm. You get to hang out. It requires comp- com- uh, de- cooperation. And then sometimes not cooperation. Because <laughs> it's group cooperating. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you've got to have like that, that, that rift in the group. And make the you know to to make a session interesting. Rad. And then uh, I play every uh, Monday night, and that's where a lot of my tweets come from. Is Monday night gaming, and that one uses miniatures, so it's like it's really I don't know. It just adds a little bit more to it. Yeah. Like they roll the dice, put a put a goblin on top of a what looks like a cross between Spyro the Dragon and Ridley. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Cool. So is it mostly just Pathfinder you play, or, like, what other games do you find yourself getting into? Uh, That would be the... The other main game would be, besides the different Pathfinder games I'm in, uh, would be uh, the Dresden Files RPG. Mm. I, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's based off the books, which I haven't read. Neither have I. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard of it, too. It's it's kind of weird. It's like, no fans of the Dresden Files, and they're like, hey, let's play this game. <laughs> and I'm like, like, okay, I have no context. This is fun. This will work well, I'm sure. It ended up working all right. I played a... Played a person who had no idea what was going on and so very gradually kind of like a I wouldn't say Luke Skywalker thing like a very dumbed down version of the Luke Skywalker thing <laughs> <laughs> sort of catching all, catching the whiff as it rolls in yeah pretty much I like I like the role playing aspect of, of um, playing things like D&D a lot more than I do the combat stuff yeah, because mm-hmm. why it made me think I should check out some of the like weirder, more story focused stuff like um, Fiasco. Since yeah, that's it's like my experiences with D anD D were all very much kind of straight dungeon crawls, which yeah. is yeah, and that's that can be fun and it can be rewarding. But I think like the most I ever got out of it was like you know immersing yourself into a world and like arguing with your friends as these weird characters and just like <laughs> and sticking to your guns because you're playing your character and it's just like well this is what my character thinks you don't like it well, f up your a hole buddy yeah cool it it, it was funny uh, I think one of the the better moments from recent memory would be th- from uh. I think it would be from Dresden Files RPG, where it's like we're exploring this, ha- uh, yeah, this is basically a haunted house, and the party gets split up in many different ways, and uh, <clears throat> you can use uh, what they call fate points to kind of change the narrative, mm-hmm. and so they're like, uh, character falls through a trap door because she didn't see it, oh. and she lands on somebody in the basement. Oh. So- and so another player picks up uh, picks up one of the tokens. Like, wouldn't it be funny if her contacts or if her glasses fell off? It's like, <laughs> I don't remember if she wears glasses. Like contacts, and it's like okay. And so I accepted it. And so you just have this character who falls down on somebody and just like pops contacts pop out and ouch. <laughs> Not like painfully. It's just. But it, it it is a it's a painfully funny situation. And then it's like, uh, 
there are magic users in that game that uh, mostly called wizards that don't uh, know a lot about technology or popular culture. Mm-hmm. So she just went sarcastically. I can't see without my contacts. Oh, jinkies. And like very, very... <laughs> jinkies! Not. And I was like, that's in character. And the wizard looks at me and he got it, but his character didn't. So he's like, his character looked mind funny. It's like, eh? <laughs> what is it? Jinky sort of... Is that a thing I can eat? Rolls over the context break. <laughs> yes! It's that kind of chaos that can come from role-playing with people and just, like, the general hilarity that can ensue when you're playing with a pretty good group of people. Oh, yeah, it definitely depends on the group, If especially, I guess, the person running it, because... I guess it's all a balance. Yeah, yeah. You need a good GM. DM, GM. One of those. Do you think you can get started with, like, a person with six people or five people who haven't played before and just having one of them do the DM, learn the DM thing and just kind of rolling with it? I've pretty much always done the DM role with people, and I've just kind of tried to figure that out, I guess, as I went along. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not easy. I think it takes a lot of practice, and it takes a lot of uh... adaptability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it kind of like how much you should like really stick to the rules and how much you should ease off, sort of thing. Yeah, thankfully, like our DM was always the kind of person that was just like, "Eh, I'm in the rules. Who cares? You didn't really mm-hmm. die from it. You just sort of really hurt." Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I haven't really run that much. I, I kind of want to in the future, like, mm-hmm. run a couple of games. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot about uh, world building. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, over, Which... s- say, combat. Unless you have a group that really loves combat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to get, like, Anna involved. And I don't think the dice rolling and stat grinding is going to be the... Not grinding, but stat... stat um calculating is going to be the thing that gets her and other people into it. Yeah, I think like the uh the more story driven like fate would be better to get somebody new into into it or maybe even fiasco, I don't know, I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. But like a system like that where it's like you can define like what's uh what to put your stat points into, for example. Like you can have a fate game where uh like, you don't need to worry about, uh... Like, you can combine skills if you want, if everybody agrees with it. It's like, okay, yeah, we can... We don't have to have separate jump and uh, run skills. It can just be all athletics or whatever. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, it's just the, to make the experience a lot easier. Less calculating. Uh, fate Accelerated. really nice. Fate Accelerated? Yeah, fate Accelerated, uh, cool. Uh, fate Accelerate is a bit uh it's a bit simpler version of Fate and it's a lot faster to set up. I've played a little bit of that and that was fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of these lists now. It's just it's exciting. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. But potential's better than no potential, right? Exactly. Yeah, it is. You know, having an interest, you know, is better than like, you know, n- not having any kind of interest at all. Mm-hmm. The nice thing is that nowadays there's a lot more uh there's a lot more out there than say when we were kids where it's like 
there, there's Dungeons and Dragons. There's like Dungeons and Dragons. Like the only ones I remember, like from like an early age, were like Dungeons and Dragons, White Wolf, um, and Shadowrun. Those are the only three things you could really find um, in my area. And now it's just like tabletop RPGs and like card games and just lots of games to get people together to either work on role-playing or, like, social engineering one of another or things like that. Or, you know, you've got things like Cards Against Humanity, Apples to Apples. There's just a lot more going on uh, in the tabletop market these days uh, than, you know, it's experienced a real resurgence that's been really cool. It's really cool. I love Cards Against Humanity. Everybody (laughs) does! The biggest, blackest dick. (laughs) So, you mentioned... um, We played that on our wedding night. (laughs) At a, at the party with everybody, um, and Anna got drunk for like one of the first times <laughs> as we played Cards Against Humanity right after our wedding. <laughs> so that was pretty fantastic, I think. That sounds really fantastic. <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, you were saying before? Oh no, uh, I was just going to mention like you mentioned White Wolf, and I played a little bit of that as well, like the the vampire, the masquerade stuff. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I played Vampire and Changeling, and I think I just get to a point to where, like, when systems become so complex, they're not as fun. Yeah, uh, it, it, like, gives me the, the Shadowrun problem of... So uh, much stuff to keep track of, and... Yeah. So, it's like a friend of mine, actually, uh, he has made a couple of, like dice-based RPGs. Uh, he was like so making, cool. Yeah, he was making them when we were growing up. Like, I remember I met him in 95, and he had already been working on, like, two of them. And I remember me and a few friends would actually play those with him to, like, test them and stuff. But he never got them published or anything, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, that reminds me of something. What? Oh, uh, I was gonna say, I've never really mentioned this before, but, uh... I've been looking into, like, developing a game, like, I haven't even started it, but, like, more for therapeutic purposes, mm-hmm. and, like, the mental health environment, I thought that might be cool. Oh, like, that's so cool. That's a cool way to approach it. Mm-hmm. I would Dice, like, a, like a tabletop game or um, yeah. virtual? Cool. I would like to see something like that. I would yeah. want to see, like, the, the, the ideology uh, that comes by and, like, how you would design a game around those concepts. Mm-hmm. I have a um, at my university. There's a major for music therapy where people study music specifically for therapeutic mental health type purposes. And I can absolutely see something like a tabletop gaming being pointed toward in that direction. Yeah, I could definitely. Yeah, I, I, it was not really my. It wasn't like my. The idea didn't come from me. It came from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I talked about it a bit. It's like. Oh, well, you've been, (laughs) uh, you know, you get in the mental health field uh, and you see a bunch of group therapy sessions and it's always, if you're not familiar, and I'm not going to go into too much detail myself, but like you get the same stuff, the same workshops, Mm -hmm. the same getting to know you. Yeah, I've been there and you, you were not wrong. And it's like... Well, I would I would probably aim it for a younger audience than uh, than uh, an older audience, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they would uh, latch on to it a bit better. Yeah, you're presenting like I guess a lot of those same ideas, but in a way that is more rewarding and more fun. 
and not as yeah, that... boring and as trite as a lot of like mental health groups and sessions like that can be. Hmm. Like therapy Jeopardy. Woo! Oh my god. <laughs> I'm only saying oh my god because I know. <laughs> oh my god. The mental health fucking in this country mental health system is so fucked. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> <I hope> that's <laughs> not too heavy. That's what we do on this podcast, don't worry. I don't know. Cool. So cool. yeah, I play a lot of tabletop games. Play a lot of uh, uh mobas. Oh, you uh, play the mobas, do you? Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. It's like Bloodborne <laughs> for some people. Uh oh. <laughs> I played League of Legends once, and it was met with disastrous <laughs> results. I played League once, and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jinx. Jinx is awesome. So I, I just like look the at the porn. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Rhett. Way to just lay it all out there. Way, way to say what I wasn't going to. <laughs> Rhett doesn't play MOBAs. He just likes porn. <laughs> you like what you like. You like what you like, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just shrugging. Yeah. Yeah, so you play the tabletops, the MOBAs, mm. the Vido games. I still you, just remember you y'all talking about Jinx in that oh context. Oh my god! I kept thinking you were talking about the Pokemon. Oh my god! And I was just really confused. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Jinx is really hot. I was like, what, John? <laughs> what are these people talking about? <laughs> John has this completely other idea. <laughs> Seriously, it's as funny as the time I said I was putting Whoppers in ice cream and oh. people th- and people thought I was putting hamburgers in ice cream. I was like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> were, were they strawberry Whoppers or just the regular kind? Regular chocolate. I've never heard of the... Oh, wait, yes, I have. And nobody, like... It's like, why would I put hamburgers? It's, it's like, that is the most disgusting-sounding thing. Some people dip french fries in milkshakes. That's not bad. That's not bad. Or put gravy and cheese curds on french fries. Troll. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not actually talking shit about poutine. I actually like it. Yeah, who would do that? They call them disco fries in New Jersey, apparently. Oh, really? Disco fries? (laughs) No, it's not like cheese curds. It's like cheddar or something. Oh, that's not the same. It's not the same. No. That's why no. they're disco fries. Yeah. They should call That's... them nacho fries. That was dumb. I think John's just laughing at the idea that I recognized how stupid that was. <laughs> uh, so, Grimmy Grims, is that all you've been up to? Uh, that's about it. Cool. Rhett! Hi. You should talk about your thing now. Oh, I'm up next. <laughs> you, you sound disappointed. You should. No, I'm just telling you. Talk about your weenus, dude. Oh, I'm not going to talk about that thing. Why? Oh, that old thing. Who needs that? That old thing. Ah, who needs <laughs> that? Flippity floppity. Flippity. <laughs> <laughs> Don't jangle that winkle. <laughs> Don't jangle that winkle. Uh, okay. So, Rhett, what have you been doing? Uh. <laughs> Other than jankling your wankle. 
was a little on the nose there. Uh, <laughs> I watched the Berserk anime film trilogy. Uh-huh. So it was kind of funny because I'm at my dad's house and he's like, oh, no, let's just watch something on Netflix. And I'm looking through, like, stuff recommended for him and I'm like, I don't want to watch any of this crap. Like Twilight? I'm not watching yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, Divergent or whatever. Mm. Fucking... Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going through action adventure, and then pretty deep in, I see Berserk. Oh, movie one. The full name is funny though. It's Berserk: The Golden Age Arc One: The Egg of the King. <laughs> I'm just like, that's a title, huh? And he's like, and I'm just like, let's watch that. Let's watch that. Let's watch that. <laughs> and he's just like, fine, because it's only like an hour long. And and then it starts, and he's like. Oh, this isn't even sci-fi, because I guess he just associates anime with sci-fi stuff. He's like, what is this? It's medieval knights, and then heads start flying off pretty damn quick in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a thing with Berserk. It's they fly off pretty quick in the comic, too. Really goddamn violent. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. So we watched the first movie, and it just ends on this weird cliffhanger, and he's like, kind of like, oh, that was a waste of time. Like, nothing even resolved in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Well, so at least was, if you read the comic, then you get to yeah, see it can, resolve completely it com- satisfactorily. Aren't, aren't the comics and like original anime really kind of rapey too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought there's, so. There's one part in the third movie. So, anyways, after watching the first one, I went home and looked up, you know, on internet, like, hey, did movies two and three come out? And I'm like, oh, they've been out since 2013. I'll just watch those now because my dad obviously isn't interested in continuing this, and it was pretty good. And then, oh, it gets dark at the end, though. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll just leave it there. Go, uh, you, yeah. can, you can I, go I into read, it if you want, but... I read the first, I read the first six or seven volumes um, probably like four years ago, um, and I wasn't... So I'd, I'd have to revisit them now to know if the dark stuff is treated like in any way tactfully. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, okay. no, 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 no. It kind of okay. feels like Casca is just there to have shit happen to her yep. as uh, motivation yep, yep, for yep. guts. Yep, 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 yep. Oof. It's really but that, gross. But uh, that scene where he rips his arm off, holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's a horrible scene, but, like, I've never felt, like, something portray rage in such a visceral way. That's a pretty good way to get rage across, I would he think. It's the fuck off. It is like incredibly uncomfortable to watch because it takes him like a minute to like jam this tiny little knife into his arm just to tear it off. Ow! Because he is Ow. so bad. <laughs> and in the first movie, there's a big demon with with horns, and I think, oh, it's the Taurus demon from Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people say like berserk is kind of an inspiration for the dark souls and bloodborne kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and like like there's a thing in berserk called the mark of the sacrifice which is incredibly similar looking to the hunter's mark in bloodborne Mm. (laughs) like they're kind of winking and nodding with some stuff feels like smooth transition there's a really good avb (laughs) oh wait is that actually transition sorry (laughs) red is the master of sagus avb article talking about um um, a bunch of people have mentioned the Berserk stuff, and then she talked about the aesthetic similarities she noticed with um, 
manga's like blame. Mm-hmm. Um, the I can't remember the author's name right now, but um, she just drew a lot of kind of aesthetic comparisons between them, and it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Dark Souls has that kind of same dark fantasy look that Berserk kind of seems to also be inspired by. Just these mm-hmm. really dead and depressing worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like Hasher and Sins. Oh, man. <laughs> Just like, wow, I don't want to live here at all. <laughs> Just stasis, you know. Yeah, it's like, it's like the, the world of uh, Techno Lies is just so oppressive and dark. It's like, I, this this show yeah. is literally exhausting me to watch. Should I watch Dragon that? I never Power was like that, too. Is Techno Lies good? I never actually watched that. It's. Uh-oh. Te- Techno Lies is alright. I don't think it's terrible, but it is one of those shows that's trying to. I feel it's trying to look like it's saying more than it is. It's along the same lines of Lane, only Lane has more impact, and it isn't 24 episodes. Mm. So, I, like, I like Technolize. <laughs> I think it's alright. Um, but um, I think I would definitely rather watch something like Haibane Renmei, because that makes me feel better. <laughs> Mostly. Mm. And then, but I've already seen that. But that show is really good. <laughs> it is really good. I'm trying... Yeah. <clears throat> I was trying so, to think yeah. of the show that um you oh ergo proxy yeah that was ergo one that proxy oh, yeah. said was kind of um had that I'm maybe being a little more smart than yeah kind of a little yeah. more smart than I am yeah vibe still a good show but it's definitely trying to appear smarter than it is mm-hmm. and then there's like Lane which like is smart it's as <laughs> it's smart just... as it is because mm-hmm. it, accur- it it accurately predicts so much about the future I've. Maybe I'll rewatch Lane because that like, shit made no sense at the time. <laughs> it's like I got to like, the part where there were aliens, and I was—I just checked the fuck out. <laughs> I thought this was just supposed to be about a little girl and her computer. Fuck! I've been lied to. <laughs> oh, yeah, they made so good. Oh man, yeah, they just trail. Oh, I remember. Like, I, I only saw Akira once. So when I think of like body squishing, oh, gore, weird oozing body pustulating horror, body horror, I think of Lane's ending. It's great. Only there's computers too, so it's like cyber, yeah, it's cyberized really, version. Really weird, but I think that show was really smart in how it's forward looking at a lot of how society works and how information mm-hmm. connects everybody. I think it's really, really oh sure. It's still a really impactful show, and I think that it's still very significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not kind of a big, like, indulgent, lots and lots of body horror thing. It's like the whole show is so subdued and everything, and then it has these couple moments where things just explode into this awfulness <laughs> for a little bit, and it has so much impact because everything else is just very restrained and low-key and uncomfortable. I've probably seen that show like four times. I really like it. Got them on yeah. DVD. It's so good. The Blu-ray oh. set looks so good. Oh, cool. That static sound, you remember, um, I've stolen that. I stole that in Fugitive. Yeah, like, I know. Fugitive. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And I, um, and I was thinking about it when I put the static in quarantine in the first yep. game. So. I noticed that. <laughs> it's such a, just evocative th- effect. It's yeah. great. Yeah. 
But what if 2015 remake of Lane no. actually is oh. just a girl in her computer? Oh, God, no. And now she has friends. Oh, Meet God. Arisu. <laughs> oh, God. God, I keep imagining how, like, <laughs> modern anime conventions would just completely ruin anything that was ever good <laughs> in the past. <laughs> It's like we're already seeing it with Ghost in the Shell Arise, so. <laughs> Higurashi remake where nothing happens. They're already doing that. <laughs> they're, they're doing uh, a show oh based on that, aren't they? Oh, God, are they? I, don't, I think I they are. Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, anime. That Neko Monogatari episode. I saw that. I remember that was... The, I remember feeling sad because that was the last episode of the of the cartoon that I could watch because I watched Ray and the other things and then I watched that and I was like there's no more yeah just don't and watch don't watch anything that like then there's like a magical girl thing bullshit I, oh I never watched that series neither no. did I no 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 nope no 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 is no, pretty no, neat no 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 <laughs> Yeah, Higurashi is fantastic. Higurashi, when they cry, go watch it. It's good. Yep. Yep. And then download season two. And then download season two lazy. because it never got a fucking localization. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> and, and maybe the VN will come to Steam someday. Maybe. Yeah, they've been saying that for two years. It, you got greenlit two years ago. It's been finished because I worked on the translation. But they're doing a new translation, aren't they? What? And and they're, like, redoing the sprites again because they can't get the Alchemist ones. Mm-hmm. Like, they're remaking that game a third time. Like, come on. It's like, guys, just well, release what you have already. The, way, the, um, the second half of the Verge ver, visual novels, mm-hmm. is that what you're talking about? Oh, those never got released? No, they're not no, on no. Steam. They're, they're, they're releasing all of them on Steam, but they haven't released any of them yet. No, no, oh. The original game got released on Manga Gamer. Yeah, okay. That's so the one I yeah, worked on. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's but they're doing another remake bad. for Steam. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's been in the works for like two years, and it's just like, guys, this is a really old game. Like, <laughs> just is that going to pay off? I don't know. It's like, yeah, visual novels are like a much bigger presence on Steam now, but it's just like, by the time you get that out, everybody will have already like everybody that's already seen that visual novel and read it that wanted to read it will have already done so. Like, mm-hmm. we're coming up on ten years since the anime. Yeah, it's God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, I feel no, I don't want to think about this. Go to a different topic, you ass. Bloodborne. <laughs> uh, speaking of disappointing anime. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. no one seems to pick that. No. What's bad about it? Uh, I, I'm not particularly a fan of the, the pacing. Uh, is it too like, slow or is it too fast or like I don't know just they made some uh, missteps I guess with the, the translation hmm. or not the translation the adaptation yeah the adaptation plus it's butt ugly oh yeah yeah definitely <laughs> the art style it's very ugly <laughs> the art style and sort of budget they're running with on that thing make it look pretty bad yeah mm-hmm. coming off of the old 90s animation too that's just the hand-painted cells and all that it's just it's really i miss it it, it was glaring to look at that yeah it's yeah. like they tried to kind of base it more around the original art but like with yeah with the budget it just Ugh. missed the mark 
Yeah. Uh, you said it better than I could have. Like, I like it, but I have a feeling that I would probably like something like rewatch the 90s anime, to be honest. Yeah. That's what I've yeah. seen most people doing, really. Like, <laughs> like when, when Crystal came out, I like I just see more people on my Twitter feed going back to the original show than I do. <laughs> Not watching Crystal. Yeah, nobody's talking about Crystal. Like, everything I see about Sailor Moon on Tumblr and on Twitter is just, like, the 90s show. I don't see anything about Crystal at all. Like, the 90s show just has so much more character in the animation. Like, the wacky faces and stuff. Like, it's so much livelier. Like, stop oh my God, once you get to... And once you get to S, there's just, it's just stuffed with all that kind of energy. It's great. All with the really, like, and by that point, they were just really solid with the art style, too. So the animation was nice. Oof. It was probably bad timing to, like, release the entire series in English just before Crystal happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're still doing it, right? It's coming out in little, in... Like, I think, uh, like, what is it, 24 episode volumes? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm uh, not sure. I haven't kept up with anime stuff for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I just remember when they put up the original series, I watched episode one, and then when Crystal came out, I watched episode one, and they were basically the exact same story, obviously, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crystal seems fine, and then apparently got way worse. Yeah. Just ugly and doesn't really get any of the characters. And to be fair... um, some of those characters are pretty blank anyway, but yeah, it's not. It's not like we were working with uh, the best cloth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's. I remember. I remember wa- watching like the three seasons of that, and like say, kind of looking at Anna, and it's like, so like, what is Venus's actual personality? <laughs> Aww, I like Venus. And then like, wait, what's Jupiter's actual personality? She's like, a dumb boy. That's not a personality. That's not even a personality, though. She, like, is... She, like... That's that's a trope. She deliberately goes against a lot of the tomboy stuff, too. Like, that's why she's interesting? I don't know. She likes the thing. You just think she's hot, okay? Let's just just boil it down. You think she's hot. She has a great voice in the new English dub. Um... So then it's like, yeah, at least the, the first three, like, there's what the one who likes to study a lot, the one who's angry, and then there's Usagi who has the power of love and friendship to save the day. And then there's the one that eats, and then there's the one <laughs> that, that uses, com- and then there's the one that uses computers. And, and then there's the one from the older comic that got repurposed here, even though she's the same as Usagi, and kind of. And then there's the cute one with X hair braids. I see what you see do. what I did there. <laughs> See what I did there. I see know. what I, I did don't see it. there. Don't say what she did there. Okay, that's good. Right. She was actually doing Hitamari sketch characters. Yeah, I was just naming <laughs> Hitamari sketch characters. Yeah, but it doesn't matter in Hitamari sketch. <laughs> it's okay that they're not necessarily super willed, super. That's the thing that is that that series does have a lot of personality. Weirdly enough, even though oh. like the characters are kind of tropey, there is a lot of personality there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. everything is tropey, though. If you really just oh, kind of break is, it down, yeah, like but, that's well, not that's, a well. That's why criticism. TV tropes exists. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I just looked at that website for like the first time in like years today. <laughs> oh God, that's pretty funny. I got really disillusioned with just the idea of it, and also that a lot of the people were dopes, kind of. Yeah, dope. Yeah, dope. 
Yeah, dope. So, Rat, you played Bloodborne. Let's have it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, look, I'm just saying, this is going to be like my Steven Universe rant from a couple weeks ago, but it's not going to be quite as harsh, is if you have a Twitter feed, or if you have a Tumblr feed, (laughs) the only game you see people talking about right now is Bloodborne, and if they're not talking about Bloodborne, you're probably following someone that's playing Dark Souls for the first time. (laughs) This, look, this is a trend that is, it doesn't lie, because... I know a few people that are playing Dark Souls for the first time without spoiling anything. That's As, amazing. Now that Bloodborne has come out and they don't have access to it. So, um, anyway, uh, Rhett, uh, how are you digging? How are you digging on Bloodborne? Uh, just to back up what you said there about like there being this critical mass around this game, like everyone won't stop talking about it. Like this morning, there were three articles about the game, like how Bloodborne is. You are the experience points, and then one about the architecture and like oh the Victorian God. landscape of the game. Like there's a fervor what about, around what about bloodborne involving gender politics and tech. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. I don't think I saw. Wow. I saw... It was, it's, there's a lot of bloodborne. I linked all three of them because I read them and I was like, was that one satire? <laughs> no, no, it, was, it wasn't actually, it was um, a lady playing dark, playing bloodborne for the first time. And, tying it into certain aspects of her psychology and what why she sought punishing experiences and then talking about her experiences in tech and then linking that into blood porn. Man. It was heavy. This game <laughs> is everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, I'm th- just thinking, like, when's the last time a game has been everywhere like this? Yeah, it's really freaking astounding. Like, Animal Crossing? New Leaf, maybe? I was yeah. thinking, like, Bastion. People like, people did explode about Animal Crossing. Let's yeah, I, I think Animal Crossing had a way bigger explosion than Bastion. Mm. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe in terms of, like, critical praise. Yeah. Bastion yeah. was Bastion overwhelming. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Animal Crossing is another good one for, like, people would not shut up about that game for, like, a month. I'm guilty. And then they not, then they stopped playing it after a month. <laughs> Coincidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you see these kind of cookie-cutter games that just come out and then move on. Like, I have not seen this level of fervor around something in so long. Like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then even From Software seemed to capitalize on it by releasing that Dark Souls 2 remaster, like, two weeks after Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, And now I Dark Souls 2 is getting press again, all over again. I know, how weird is that? That's 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 some pretty damn smart marketing. Yeah. Oh, I bet the Xbox One and PC versions that sell pretty well. I don't doubt it. You know, like, y'all know movie. when you're in on it, when you're in on like the From Software train and everything, <laughs> when people won't shut up about it, <laughs> it's not actually irritating, is it? <laughs> not really. No. So this means that if if people won't shut up <laughs> about a thing... <laughs> Oh, and that means there's a cure. <laughs> anyway. They, to just join them? To just join them. <laughs> and fucking watch Steven Universe, damn it. That's what he was angling for yeah. that whole no, time. I, I was, I was going to just pull back and leave it. Leave that unsaid. I like to leave things not unsaid. <laughs> Rhett, it's laid out. Rhett likes the obvious. I mean, have you played my games there? <laughs> they're, they're pretty on the nose. <laughs> 
And, and then he gets into a spaceship that looks like himself. <laughs> Are we talking about Mario Galaxy 2? Or... Sure. <laughs> I, I would... shoots bullets while piloting the dragon spaceship. <laughs> the dragon. Into space. Just to clarify, Nimor also does that in Project N33, though. Yeah. There's a giant robot version of himself. And then there's a bigger giant ro- robot version of himself. And then a giant heart in space. That's yeah. And then you have to go and shoot the core and have an escape sequence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Bloodborne. Bloodborne. I hear people are talking about that a lot. I hear you probably want to talk about it, too. Mm-hmm. It's basically I'm not like Project N33, right? <laughs> yeah. And Steven Universe. Just trying to take the two and mash them together and you get Bloodborne. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. Well, John, how you doing? <laughs> Speaking of Steven Universe, says uh, uh, <laughs> as, as uh, subtly as a well, a sledgehammer. Fudge, yeah, I don't think we're actually moving on. Yet. No, no, we're still going to talk about blood porn. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> the blood orbs. Yeah, it is blood kinda... souls, blood echoes, blood witch, blood magic. Oh my god, like, yeah, I talked about this last week, where everything in that game is named Blood Something. Like, the upgrade material, instead of Titanite, it's Blood Shard, it's Blood Stones blood or something. Blood Shards? <laughs> it's Whoa. Shards of Blood! Like twin oh, I thought you blood... said Blood Shards. <laughs> That's a totally different thing! It'd be more realistic than Blood Shards. <laughs> They're Blood Stone Shards. Use the Blood Button. Maneuver the camera with the Blood Stick. Up on the D-pad makes blood bullets. The blood pad. Ew. You run out Ew. Of- Ew. <laughs> <laughs> We're going off the rails. Look, if I wanted to talk about my menstrual cycle. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're not actually going to talk. <laughs> now you could say that, that this isn't the right podcast to talk about that stuff. But then, actually, it's exactly the right podcast to talk really about is. menstrual cycles. <laughs> so I'm reading this thread on NeoGAF about Bloodborne story theories and stuff, and somebody did bring up menstrual blood, and I'm like, oh, oh god, god, come on, guys. Oh. <laughs> this reminds me of the time like when Hutch made uh, a medieval uh, name generator. When I clicked on it the first time, the name I got was Blood Blood of Blood. <laughs> That's what you named your Shovel Knight character, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I still have to use cheat codes for Shovel Knight. Butt Knight. But, 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 but. So, Bloodborne. So, Bloodborne, Bloodborne story good. theories? Oh, I'm what not going to get into that oh, crap. Okay. Just somebody thinking that, like, because, like, the, the Estes Flask equivalent in that game is just blood vials. <laughs> just down in the blood. Yep. Blood, 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 blood. Oh, it's so gross. But then there are two women who give you their blood, and it's, it's special blood that heals for a little bit more. It's got a little bit of more of a pineapple taste to it. So people started to theorize on Why what is that there blood? Oh, God, no. Yeah. Don't tell me what they're theorizing. We know where that's going. I already said what they were thinking, oh. and I was like, oh, God, come on, guys. Don't, don't do that. 
Didn't you say that the first line of the story is something like, seek the pale blood, and then no one actually knows what the pale blood is? Yeah, the first note in the game is, seek pale blood to transcend the hunt, and there's like never an actual definition of what pale blood is, and everybody scoured that game. It's one blood, one word capitalized, pale blood. Yeah. That's fantastic. Because there are enemies that don't shoot red blood when you kill them, they shoot kind of white blood so maybe <gasps> the pale blood maybe they're the pale bloods I guess, uh, the story in that yeah <laughs> that game is weird because it has a much it's very cohesive which is something i wouldn't say about dark souls 2 you know yeah it sounds like it's got a more structured narrative like more at least more structured than demons or dark souls games did mm-hmm I would use the term narrative lightly, maybe. It has a mood, right. and it's consistent. Yeah, those, and like those are, those are mood pieces, just kind of yeah. across the board. Not so much di- like pressing drama, tension. Yeah, What's going to happen next? Menstrual blood. It's definitely not that. Menstrual blood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, the big difference in this game, though, is that the time of day will change. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That adds a surprising amount of just making the world kind of feel fresh as you go on, where cool. it starts, like, early evening, and then when you kill the first boss, it actually gets a little bit darker, and then later you kill a boss, and then you've triggered kind of nighttime, and then eventually you kill another boss, and the moon turns red, and the sky is, like, purple, and it's all crazy and stuff. A blood it, moon! I think... Are we werewolves I, now? They might call... Yes, there's it's werewolves. The, it's the blood moon. We know it's called. I think it is called blood moon. It is. Everything else is blood. <laughs> <laughs> I saw somebody joking that there's more werewolves in like the first half hour of this game than there are in the entirety of the Order, <laughs> which is probably true. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> that game only has like four or five, actually. Yeah. Like, oh, and that's then, funny. So yeah, it's probably good that that came out before this because it would got, would have gotten even more savage to had it come after because they're actually kind of similar in theme and just visuals. Mm-hmm. But then it's like a generic AAA five-hour yeah, five action game and Bloodworm is a fun software opus. Yeah. yeah. So this game has a much more consistent kind of mood and the way it progresses is really cool. And then the ending kind of just falls on its face completely. Oh, yeah, no. bummer. Like... I think the endings in these games keep getting worse. They really do. Dark Souls 2's ending was just such crap. Like, Mm -hmm. Demon's Souls, I actually really liked the last hour of that, where, you know, you kill the king and then you go down into the the old one. To the old one with the maiden and make your decision. Yeah, like, that was cool. And then the Dark Souls ending, the first, when I first got it, I won't spoil it because somebody might be playing it for the first right, time. Right, right, you don't want to spoil that. because. But mm-hmm. I left that. Well, I, 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 know that I know that there's a cool decision involving, like, um, ending the world, ending the Age of Fire now, or ending, or per- delaying the end of the Age of Fire, but either way, it's going to end anyway, Embrace Oblivion, la da da Something like that. But Embrace when I beat that game, I just kind of <laughs> went, oh, huh. Like, that was my reaction to the ending I got. Ah. Uh, and then Dark Souls 2 had this incredible pacing up to, like, the Dragonary. Yeah. And then you went into the memories, and then you went into some underground place and killed a shitty boss. Yeah. Like, the pacing, just from a tension standpoint, was Fell awful. completely <laughs> apart. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bloodborne is basically, here's the final boss, go kill it. 
like a door opens. Oh. It's just it's really weird. Bummer. But, Doesn't have that build up or anything. Well, uh, the final area itself is pretty good. Just it ends in a very strange way. Mm. And then I've gotten all three. So there's a bunch of endings actually. There's three this time. Mm-hmm. And I think like chaos neutral in law. <laughs> I think the bad ending might be my favorite one. And then like mm. the good ending and the true ending are kind of shitty. Ah, uh, weird. Because that's just what people are calling them based on like true ending is the one that is hardest to get. Yeah. Uh, I but see. It, so but it's probably the worst actual ending as far as like being satisfying. Mm-hmm. Well, all of them are miserable, have like dark conclusions, right? No, like sudden big catharsis at the end. It's always just kind of. Well, I thought the Demon Souls one was good because it, it felt resolution. Like yeah, there's resolution yeah. to like the conflicts that that game sets out uh, to address. You killed mm-hmm. the demons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like, didn't mean. I did, I just meant like no Majora's Mask, Dawn of a New Day. Stuff. Oh no, they're not overly happy in everything. Yeah, they're not them. happy <laughs> endings, basically. Don't get so, attached to any NPC in any of those games. Yeah. yeah. So the bad ending might be um might be might fit the best is what I was thinking. Just if it's in that mold, well, it's it's not actually a bad ending. It's just the ending that's easiest to get. Oh, uh, I see. Mm-hmm. And it might be the most positive and uplifting of all of them. Actually. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh. So I beat that game. I got all the endings because I was a nut job and did it on New Game Plus 2. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that game's actually wow. really short if you just kill the essential bosses because, like I said last time, like over half of it is just kind of optional side areas. Which is cool. So one, but once you're on New Game Plus and beyond, like you don't need to level anymore and can just kind of plow through it, just run past all the enemies. Dude. <laughs> So, like, nothing does does it, like, do the no. Dark Souls thing of getting harder, or is it just... Oh, it gets harder, but it doesn't do the Dark Souls 2 thing of kind of remixing and adding in enemies and stuff. Like, Did you see how th- they remixed, like, Dark Souls 2's enemy I, layouts? I do not think that looks very good at it all. It doesn't look fun at all. It looks terrible. It's just like, oh, look, Hide Nights are everywhere now. Uh, There's a bunch of mobs. That's what you played the Souls games for, right? You just want to fight twenty like, enemies at once. It's like a bunch of mobs, and then like area, like enemies that are like two or three areas are just like moved up to earlier areas. Yeah, it looks really silly. Did you see that giant pump quick look? Yeah, I saw some of that, and it was just like what? The where he, he fights this dragon super early on, and it yeah. just turns, and his tail pushes him <laughs> off the edge of the building, and he dies. And it's just like, well, that was super cheap looking. Yeah, it looked like, real that, bad. That looked so janky because that's yeah. not. That was lame. Because, like, the hitbox of the tail was nowhere near him. And so it was just, like, him being kind of, like, pushed away by the boss's luminescence or something. Yeah. Well, because those things were originally, like, really close to the end of the game. Yeah. And you had a big open area to fight them. So the fact that their tail pushed you was not some big deal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a one-hit kill. Yeah. Yeah. The Dark Souls remaster looks really dumb because of the enemy stuff. And I I really hate that it's like it's an actual patch for the normal game. I don't think that's it what is I've on heard. I've heard that that's an actual like they're patching the game up like that is the new version. 
I would have uh, to, I would have to install and check, but I've heard that like even if you don't upgrade, the like that part of the game's rebalancing is included as a patch for the original game. I don't think that's the case. I think there was a patch for the old ones that added like their new final boss and some lore updates, mm-hmm. but I think the new enemy placements is new version only. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to install it again to find out. <laughs> I'm really interested in... We're getting a little off topic here talking about a game we haven't played. Uh, but what I want to know is, did they move enemies in the DLC? Hmm. Because I haven't played the Dark Souls 2 DLC. So that and, would be interesting. Yeah. Because it seems like the main thing they went and did with the enemies is make the game way, way harder. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of the people, all of the stuff that I've seen of people playing in the DLC for that game, it just looked so not what I want. <laughs> well, the original game, they made way harder. But I've heard good things about the DLC. Like, people seem to actually like it. But if they did that same kind of remixing to it... Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. So I hope they yeah. left it the same. There's some things where you just, like... Please, please leave it alone. It's it's good. We're good. It's It's so weird because I thought Dark Souls Two like had the best difficulty curve of all the games. Yeah, I would agree. Even though those games aren't really about difficulty curves. No, not at all. Like all of them, just kind of throw you in the deep, or the three Miyazaki ones just throw you off a cliff at the start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Dark Souls Two starts with the last giant, which is like the slowest, most telegraphed boss in the series. Yeah. Like, but then at the end, like. That last Nashandra is just like, oh well, look at that. Okay, well not her, but like Shrine of Amana and some of those later areas are definitely harder than the game starts. Yeah. Like Dark Souls first one, actually Demon Souls two, like they get kinda easy at the end once you kinda pass a level cert threshold. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I never felt Dark Souls two became a pushover, at least on playthrough one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Those fucking mace guys in that last area. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> well, clearly. So, so, do you have any other Souls stuff left at this point? I haven't played the Dark Souls 2 DLC. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like that's pretty lame. So instead of that, you could go and play the original Kingsfield. <laughs> oh, no, don't do yeah. that. I've eh? played King- I've played Kingsfield. Those games are not good. Oh, it looks so pretty, though, in the kind of ugly way. No, they're just ugly in the ugly way. No, wow. they they look like the the dungeon crawling game from Lane. <laughs> That's interesting. I never made. I've never drew that parallel before. I watched it and I was like, "This is super simple 3D textures with very little UI stuff. Just walking around this desolate place. It reminds me of Lane. It looks cool." <laughs> And also, um, the the first Kingsfield that was released in the States um, has that big old interconnected world thing like um, Dark Souls has going. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool, because I can't think of any um, PS1 games that pull that, like, consistently. Yeah, that is one of the few games uh, from that era that did do that. Mm-hmm. Um, System Shock 1, I guess, too, but that, that was only on PC. Yeah. So, Bloodborne. I heard about that game. Mm-hmm. Uh so my time beating the game the first time was about 45 hours, mm-hmm. and I may have left it on, like, idle a bit, so maybe 40 to 45. Uh, the Chalice Dungeon stuff goes really deep. Like, there is a lot of stuff in there to do, and it is a bit of a grind, but there are some original bosses that are only there that are hard as hell. 
So my final time after like completing all of that stuff was like seventy hours. Damn! Like this is a big game. Weird. Especially said there are like, fewer areas than the some of the yeah, other ones. It's like all of that shit yeah. is optional. Unless you're going for you know 100% completion, get that shiny yeah. platinum trophy. <laughs> you got that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> of course cool. you did. But like the last. <laughs> What'd you say? Sorry, I missed that. I was like, no, 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 of course you did. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I like the platinum in this game compared to the other Souls games where all those are like, grind every weapon to plus oh, 10. Or like, God, Dark Souls has like, acquire every single boss weapon. Like, fuck off that's with like, that. That's like 10 playthroughs easily. It's, Ugh. yeah. Like, I actually got every achievement in the Steam Dark Souls 2, but in part of that involved getting into New Game Plus 2 and then going to the main castle. Like, it was a grind. Because it's like, get every magic spell, every pyromancy, every miracle, every... Oh my god. And I, I did that, but I looked at Dark Souls 1, it's like, get every boss weapon. Like, nope. No like, way. Grind a chaos weapon to plus 10. Grind a fire weapon to plus 10. I hear Demon Souls is actually even worse about that. Yeah, the drop yeah. Because of the drop rates on materials are just way worse. Yeah. So people say this one is hard, but it's hard because it's fighting difficult bosses, not weird, arbitrary grinding drop mm-hmm. rates and shit. Because one of the chalice dungeons halves your HP. Mm. And that's fun. So that it's sounds like, like fun. Well, it's just like being cursed in Dark Souls. You can have your hit points yeah. half. That's no big deal. Then you have to fight some bosses, and one of them is really... Actually, all three of them are pretty bad. I've fought but, a lot of bosses at half health on Dark Souls. Really? Yeah. I never, so, uh, I, I never found like the health penalty in Dark Souls 2 to be all that restrictive. No, not in like, Demon's Souls, where it was oh, right down yeah. to half. Yeah. One death. <laughs> but yeah, the bosses in Bloodborne are really good, I should mm. say. I think, like... Because the combat itself is really good, like, it's so much faster, and just the normal enemies feel like they have way more variety in what attacks they're going to use, so you really got to hang back and read them and figure out what they're going to do and move in for the attack. It's not not quite the pace of a Double May Cry, but, like, definitely getting a speed up on that kind of engine is definitely Mm -hmm. really cool looking. Yeah, and some of the bosses, especially the Chalice ones that are kind of designed to be as hard as possible, like, are really intense fun fights where you really got to get in close and use, like, the dash to go through their attacks. Mm. And then I've noticed a lot of the bigger bosses, like, have this mechanic where you can, if you hit one of their limbs a lot, it'll, like, break and start taking more damage. And then, like, when they do their attacks, blood will just be coming out of that arm. Of course. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. So it kind of gives them a temporary weakness, and then they'll do a move to, like, repair the damage. But... So if you over-level for some of the bosses at the start of the game, like, you can just keep them in, like, perpetual stun lock, like, oh, I'm doing 20 damage percent damage to your head, and then you fall over, and then I do it again, and you're just fucking helpless. Like, you can do the visceral attack on some of the bosses. That's really cool. So, like, if you, like, get a crit on their head, like, they'll fall over it, and you p- basically pick them up and kind of throw them a bit. It's really <laughs> crazy. That sounds great. When it's like sounds- this huge room-filling boss. That's awesome. Oh my god. Yeah. So then the reward for doing all the chalice stuff is that 
the very, very end boss at the bottom is completely unique oh. and kind of ties into the story. It's weird that so much stuff is kind of buried in those dungeons because there's at least four like completely unique bosses in the Chalice dungeons that most people are probably going to miss. It's strange. That's that's from Software's weird methodology, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. What it's was got good. that kind of any old old um NES computer game mystery where people figure stuff out kind of as a community, or they buy the strategy guide day one, the or they is. buy the strategy guide. Yeah. So what's awesome about 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 Bloodborne is that the strategy guide got delayed, so it's oh. not actually out. <laughs> it got delayed to include some of the online stuff, so it's not actually out yet. I see. Yeah, the Dark so, Souls Two guide. I got that like three I got weeks. that. Bef- I got that like game yeah, came out. yeah. I got that three weeks before the game came out. Yeah. Oh, that's dreary. So this does still have that mystery because the guide's not out yet. Because people are figuring it out themselves. Yeah. Mm. That's really cool. That is really nice. Yeah, and just not knowing what's in that game was so fun the first time because there are some hidden areas or optional areas towards the end that. People are going to miss and are really awesome. And just kind of thinking about like the steps I needed to take to kind of stumble into these areas is like, that's really weird. Like go in from one area, take this ladder up, grab this letter here, go to a completely unrelated area. And then this happens. And then you end up in the castle. Like what? <laughs> like, it's like, you've got to really wonder like the people that put those assets together for that special, cool, unique thing. How do you feel oh, that most people aren't going to see your stuff? Yeah, that yeah. sounds kind of depressing, actually. It's weird because the game itself does suffer from kind of lack of variety in areas. Mm. And then there are these late-game areas that look like nothing else in the game, and those are the ones hidden away. It's like... That's really unfortunate. But it's so cool when you get there, you're like, holy shit, this is... What is this? Where am I? Like, there are a couple mansions in that game that are just... That game's really nice looking. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, even the stuff that looks really samey at the start of the game, like, yeah. it's still really damn high-quality assets. Yeah. It looks amazing. Like, the monster designs are just so good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, that clear yeah. based on watching the first fight right now just for fun, and it's so pretty. Those monster designs just really are really cool. I like that big old that, claw. Breaking that arm. Breaking that arm. <sighs> blood starts spewing out <laughs> oh gross so so i did everything there is technically to do in the game basically so you know what i did you started a new game I started a new character why not and then fun games are really good y'all so i'm bragging on twitter about getting the platinum i start a new character i go i'm gonna make a kind of dex skill based character and i'm using the whip mm-hmm. and i get my ass handed to me <laughs> in the first area i'm just i couldn't use this thing i'm dying over and over i'm out of bullets i'm out of blood vials i'm like oh god what the is this how new people feel like so one of the big complaints about this game is that they've kind of undone the estus flask system yeah which dark souls 2 already did right well, Dark no. Souls took a step towards it, but by the end, you could have, like, ten Estus flasks, so it wasn't that like, big of a deal. I like Dark Souls 2's implementation of the Estus, personally. Okay, cool. And I didn't realize it, it, it did a good. It did a good combination of having your permanent Estus flask, but there were also consumables. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, so okay. this goes back to only consumables. And that's... And I'm just not sure why. Uh, yeah. Because the SS last system is so cool. Because I think that they wanted to have that permanence of like, oh, should I heal or not? Because it's an item that's permanently gone once I use it. But like, in areas where they drop, they drop so commonly that it's just kind of pointless. Yeah. And then you'll just be sitting around with 20 the whole time. But then in areas where they don't drop... And you have to go farm afterwards. It's uh, just miserable. Yeah. And then I think they made them too expensive to buy. Mm-hmm. Like by the by the end game, they're like nine hundred each. Yeah. And it's just like, <sighs> what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> it's like a couple levels to buy like a hundred. Yeah, that's really that's not cool at all. <laughs> it's weird because like Dark Souls Two had issues that kind of dragged down the entire game. And I think this has a bunch of weird little issues that don't ruin the game, but it's just like, what were you guys thinking? Yeah, like, they're just kind of like micro-boneheaded decisions. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. load times. Yeah, those yeah. are like, so bad. I mean, so it's like, it's not that the load times are bad, because you can deal with that, but it's the way, like, when you're in an area and you go to a, uh, what's the bonfire equivalent, a lamppost? Lamp post. You can't warp between lampposts. You have to go back to the hunter's dream, which is yeah, your hub like, world. Yeah, like, why do you and need that extra then, load? Yeah, so that just makes it way more time-consuming and confounded with the load times. It's just like in Dark Souls 2, you could just go from any bonfire to any bonfire. Like, yeah. It's a step back this way. Next gen! Yeah. Next gen! And then just other weird things, like when you have more than 20 blood vials, they automatically go to your storage. Mm-hmm. But then if you die and don't have 20, it'll automatically fill you about back up when you respawn, yeah. which is awesome. That's, like, that's cheap. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's great. That doesn't happen when you do co-op-related things. What? So if you, summon this, if you get summoned into somebody's game, help fight a boss, use a few vials, when you come back into your game, you're going to be at 17 or whatever instead of 20. That's and that's really dumb. And then wow. if you're doing PvP and you use a bunch of bolts shooting somebody to death and then you respawn back in your world, it's not going to just fill you back up. So then you got to go back to the Hunter's Dream, then load back in. It's just like, that's such a weird oversight. Just, yeah, it's like, these little niggling issues that just, like, <clears throat> you're, you're so close to nailing it, guys. Mm. And it's just like, Doing PvP is a pain in the ass when every bullet and every vial is a permanent item. Like, this would be so much more convenient if it was just Estus, you know? Yeah. So, because kind of in general, like, I feel the co-op stuff and PvP stuff is a huge step back from Dark Souls 2. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Like, on my second character, I've been engaging with that stuff a lot more. And it's definitely there. Like, it's not completely removed, but... It's not nearly as prominent as it was in Dark Souls 2, which kind of went out of its way to have co-op-related things. Yeah, they were making co-op really integral uh, when it came to Dark Souls 2. Yeah, this is closer to Dark Souls 1, where you can only invade people when they're co-oping. I see. So it's really funny, because like, I've been invading people because I'm a dick. And then you and come like, in, and it's like two people it, on you. It's always two people, so I'm like, I always die. <laughs> That's really kind of a dumb way to implement that. But yeah. I think it's an awesome way, because I hate being invaded. <laughs> oh, fuck it. It can, it can be really fun, though, because like, I'll realize, like, well, I'm not fighting two people at once, so I'll just run 
back to where I know like the worst enemy pull is, mm-hmm. and just oh, wait for them. To, so I'll just wait for them to clear the level up to that point, and then run behind the enemies and start whipping them. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was one time where I actually won a fight, and then I felt really bad afterwards. Like, oh, <laughs> that guy opened the shortcut, so I don't feel too bad. But then I stabbed him in the back, and he died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Having a conscious won't get you won't get you far in this world, mate. <laughs> having having somebody invade you and then winning is really fun. Well, yeah. Sure I'm, oh I'm god, having, it I'm feels giving people a lot of fun because <laughs> I die constantly. Yeah, it feels so good to just knock knock an invader off or do something that just like completely baffles them. Like there's an area in the catacombs in Dark Souls One where oh. you flip the levers, and I got a dude to chase me across a bridge, and I just flip the levers on him. It's <gasps> like. Down you go, bitch. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a way, the co-op or invading works because you only get people that are co-oping to try and clear the level. Because one of the problems with the invading is that as soon as you invade, people just run back to the bonfire so they don't lose anything. Yeah. So I found that when it's two people, they're more likely to just keep trying to progress and let you kind of gank them with an enemy spawn. Yeah. Because it boy, it leads to some crazy fights when there's like three kind of weak enemies and two people and you for all fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you get into some melees there. So that's a lot of fun even if I die every single time. <laughs> I think I killed somebody's summoned helper once and I felt bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound like this invading thing is for you. <laughs> Oh, it's oh. it's fun because I lose most of the time, and I'm just harassing people because I liked I liked the uh, was it Left for Dead, the versus mode in that. I just liked being a hunter and jumping on people, <laughs> being a dick. <laughs> but then when it was like, okay, now you play the hunters, I'm like, no, or the survivors side, I'm like, no, nah, fuck that, and just leave the game. <laughs> wow, rude. Oh, I, I, that was the worst. I didn't, I didn't want to play as the survivors. I just want to play as the tank. Punch people. Uh, it sounds like Bloodborne is treating you well. Yeah. I, so my second character, I'm stopping them at level 50 for now, just so I can do like more co-op stuff. Mm-hmm. Just spend my vials on more blood and bullets. Get all that blood. Yeah. Blood vials for blood bullets. Get some blood bullets and more blood. <laughs> Wait, no, blood echoes for blood vials and blood bullets. Yeah. But no blood <laughs> levels. Are there any levels that are just covered in blood? No. No, there like, aren't. organic o- walls oozing blood everywhere? No, not really. <clears throat> or not whatsoever, actually. No Spoiler. blood walls. No blood blood. <laughs> blood That's blood. disappointing. Blood. The secret boss at the end of the du- the chalice dungeons is very blood inspired. How about that? Just a big, okay. a big old blood worm, uh-huh. made of blood. Blood, blood of blood. That would be <laughs> yeah. Final, the final optional boss of Bloodborne. The blood. The blood. <laughs> no, it's blood, blood of blood, and then the secret version is the blood, <laughs> and then the secret ultimate version, the blood, but with a gun. The pale blood. <laughs> the pale blood. <laughs> the pale blood of blood. I have, well, write to them, because I'm sure they're going to do DLC for this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I, I guess that's it. <laughs> well, that all you've been into, Mr. Rhett? Yes, I've paused my journey to play every video game ever. Just to play Bloodborne? Just to play Bloodborne fucking five times through. <laughs> <laughs> so one of these days you'll get back to your journey of playing every fucking video game ever. And then, I was, and then this I podcast th- will be back to normal. I thought about playing other games, but it's just like, why? And I don't want to distract myself and be kind of forget stuff. Ouch. Like, the only game I could bring myself to play was a little bit of Isaac. Wow. Because it's like that you can always go home to. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a quick, you know, 30, 45 minutes and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I it's wanna... got plenty of blood. Yeah, it blood. does. So you were that still right have... at home. <laughs> so. <laughs> Bloodborne, but with a Bloodborne successor that has Finding of Isaac, Finding Isaac aesthetic. Bloodborne Two is going to just add poop. This is going to be poop board. Poop, poop. poop echoes. I <laughs> need more poop vials. <laughs> this shouldn't be too hard. That, that probably would be a hard hack. Would it just replace all the instances of the word blood with poop and make all the red brown? Oh my god. <laughs> you know how happy you're making me right now? <laughs> Very mature. <laughs> Have you guys seen the the visceral attacks on the pigs in Bloodborne? No. Oh. Well, it's basically doing a backstab on a pig, except... <laughs> in its back- butt? <laughs> yeah, the backstab is just thrusting your hand forward. I did that on, um... Uh, <laughs> you, ba- you can backstab the armored, um... Um, those armored pigs or whatever they are in Dark Souls... Yeah, the armored it, ones. I backstabbed one of those, and they you stick your sword up their butt. This is sticking <laughs> your hand up, up the pig's butt. Oh, good! And the pig is like four times bigger than the ones in Dark Souls. That's fantastic. It's amazing looking. That's, like I've seen, I've seen so many people go, "Oh, I just, oh my god, like, I just <laughs> did the thing on the pig." <laughs> That'd be a great way to describe. It. I just did the thing on the pig. Well, because that, then you get a bunch of poop echoes. <laughs> to do the visceral attack, you have to do a charge. Yeah, up you have R2. to charge up R two, and then so the pig is like the only enemy in the game slow enough to actually make that feasible. Right. Yeah, so everybody does it. Basically, thing. not a thing. Yeah. So everybody does that once and goes, "Oh God, that was gross." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just heard today about the regain system. Regain. Regain. Yeah, I talked enemy- about that last time. Oh, okay. An enemy hits you, and then yeah, if you get yeah. back fast enough, then you get some of your health back. Yeah, which doesn't yeah. make any sense, but it's awesome. But yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, it's a really cool system. It encourages you to play aggressively. Uh, so somebody was saying like that system doesn't make sense with the blood vials because you're so likely to get more blood vials dropped by enemies. Like if you had a hard cap on how much healing you had, like with Estus. You would be going for those free heals way more often. I yeah, think, yeah. Instead of just backing off and popping one. Yeah. If it's like, oh, you can get that fifty percent health back if you hit him a couple more times. Like, like it's fuck weird. it, I'm going in. Weird. Cool. I'm going Still. in. Need system. Cool. And that's Bloodborne. So, John, I'm gonna resurrect. Um, a bit of an old segment we used to have. We've kind of skimped on it uh, the last few episodes for whatever reason, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it back. I already know the answer, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway before we move on. Are you ready? I'm ready. John, have you played Dark Souls? 
Well, I think if we want to get into that question in depth, we need to first answer a much more pressing question. Mm-hmm. You with me? That would be. All right. Um, have I played Steven Universe Attack the Light for the iPhone yet? And the answer to that, my friends and Sox Patriots, is yes. Yes, I have, and it is excellent. Is it really? Y'all want to hear about Yeah, I want to hear I want to hear, hear all about RPG. I want to hear okay. all about it. Can I start by okay. asking three questions about it? Okay. Is it free? No. Okay. It's three dollars well, and there are no micro microtransactions. Okay, that was the second question. Fantastic. That's yep. pretty cool. Third question? Oh, just that it had an ending. Like, yeah, it has an ending, a final sh- boss. It just was shocking to me that an iPhone game did not have microtransactions and actually had an ending. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's an RPG. Okay, so, so run us down. What do you got? All right, so basically the star of the game is this pretty fleshed out kind of Paper Mario type engine. Mm-hmm. Lots of like, but the numbers are all very small. Like 30, I had like 35 HP, max HP for most of my gems at the end of the game. And... um um, you get like one stat point you can pick at every level up. You get a couple more moves. All the different attacks have like time, little timing puzzles and mini games attached to them, like like a Mario RPG. Yeah, this sounds a um, so lot you, like Paper Mario. Yeah, so if you press right at the right moment, then you get a good hit in. Um, and if you press at the right moment when an enemy is attacking you, you can um, take less damage. You can't just dodge attacks outright, but you can take less damage. Mm-hmm. And. Um, the one thing that differentiate what do certain special attacks require certain inputs to like yeah, do different absolutely. things? Okay, yeah, this is Paper different, Mario. Different, yeah, totally. Um, and Paper Mario is fucking great. Yeah, I love uh, Paper Mario. Actually, it's South Park, <laughs> <laughs> just with less cursing and farts. Of course. Yeah, and and and, so, and abortions. <laughs> what? Yeah, there are no abortions. In the there Steven are no Universe abortions in Steven Universe game. I would hope. Mm -hmm. Um, the one cool thing the one different feature is that instead of having like each of your gems have a separate turn um, there's the three main strong powerful alien gem people Garnet, Amethyst and Pearl and they do all the actual attacking Steven stays in the back and yells words of encouragement and uses items and stuff he doesn't actually interface with he doesn't actually attack enemies which I think is really cute Um, also they also start out at like he starts at level one, and they start out at level like nine thousand and one, and then go up to level <laughs> nine thousand and thirty. And he only goes up to level twenty. Oh. So it's clear right there. He's this little kid hanging out with these super powerful gem creatures, <laughs> and I think that's really cute. I um, like that. I like that. Uh huh. And um, they never they never actually say over nine thousand or anything like that. It's it's there, but it's. I was waiting for that to be a joke. I was like, thank God. Yeah. I'm not yeah, no, if it, if it was just like, oh, shoving it in your face, and that'd be really annoying, but it's it's not shoved in your face. Um, and it actually fits with what they're t- selling about the characters, so I can... It's kind of cute. Um, so, and um, instead of having like each character attack in turn, you just get a, you get five star points at every turn and each of your characters have moves that use star points. And, um, like amethyst has an attack that hits all the enemies for three star points. Garnet has an attack that hits one enemy pretty hard for two, two star points. Pearl has an attack that hits one enemy pretty okay for one star point. And then they have various special moves built up from there. And you can collect, if you, um, don't use all your star points in a turn, you can, 
have them stack up next turn and use them for even stronger attacks like the big fusion spell um it's costing nine star points and that's the strongest move um and so ba- so basically there you there's no mp for each individual character and the resource you use to attack a share between all three so it can end up where you just really are only attacking with one character and then using the others for more specialized situations which is what i kind of fell towards mm-hmm. um because I had Garnet, the character, who's the strongest single physical attacker, and I only, every single level, I only put in um, attack stat upgrades. Oh, and then I gave her a badge that increases her attack by 15%, and then I gave her a badge that increases her attack by 30% while halving her defense, which yeah. itself was already Yeah, this just is nothing. definitely, like, Paper Mario with badges and everything. Yeah, this yeah, is... Badges. This is definitely so, uh, Mario RPG slash yeah. Paper Mario. Exactly, which is a perfect fit for, like, Steven Universe. Well, yeah, That's it really exactly is. what that game should be. Yeah. Um, so I wound up with this character who's just decimating all the enemies and dies in, like, two hits or one hit. Oh, at wow. At the end of the game, so it's actually still pretty intense to, actually, to play, but I was just des- going through the enemies really quickly, so it was really satisfying. Um... Just kind of munchkinning it that way. Um, so past that, uh, the so the the whole combat engine is actually really fleshed out um, and cool and fully featured. There's a lot of cool items that they hand out at the right pace. Um, there's no re- everything outside of that is pretty stripped down. Like that makes sense, right? For the three dollar iPhone game to have this one thing that's really focused and well done, and then just having basically everything else just be kind of functional. Yeah. Um, the dungeon, instead of like actually moving around dungeons, you swipe from screen to screen on a grid, hmm. which is cute. And then you run into enemies and can tap on, um, treasures to open them and find secret areas and such. Um, so it's all dungeon crawls and they're divided into individual levels and you heal at the end of each little level. And at the end of each little world, there's a boss fight. Um, <laughs> And the ending is, and there's some, di- there's a good amount of dialogue. It kind of tapers off as the game progresses. So it's mostly just fighting, which is a little disappointing since the dialogue is pretty cute for the most part. And there's a lot of voice acting work too, which is neat. Yeah. Um, and then the ending's cute. And, and the art style is very, very well done and very oh, in line. It's, it's, it's very yeah. in line with the show. Mm-hmm. Simpler, but, and fits in the sprite format really yeah. nicely. Yeah. <clears throat> and um it doesn't the ending um has kind of a cute twist that would fit in a 10 minute episode of the show uh, it does kind of feel like one of those 10 minute episode the story just feels like kind of a 10 minute episode stretched out into this two or three hour rpg mm-hmm. which is fine but really it's just kind of this vessel for enjoying this really well thought out combat system that fits neatly with the characters and then some other cool stuff built around that. So I really enjoyed it as that. Especially since it keeps it kind of brief. I played it for two or three hours and then it was over. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It does what it needs to do. It hits all the points that you would want a Steven Universe uh, product to do. Uh, and it doesn't do it shamelessly. It looks like there's definitely a lot of effort that was put behind this thing to make it, you know, not a, not a, not a shitty cash-in. Like, the gameplay yep. and the design, it all looks like it was done in a way to be very respectful to the source material. 
Yeah, exactly. So I was very happy to see that that was a thing that exists and that it was as well done as it was. And I'm glad I got to play it. Cool. And uh, so I guess the question, what was the original question now? Uh, we were going to ask if you happened to play a game that I know is on your games I want to play list that I know are awesome, but I haven't played them to know that yet list. <laughs> um, and I know that Dark Souls is one of those games, and I was wanting to know if you had played Dark Souls yet. I already know the answer to this, but well, you know, just go ahead and hit me. All right. Well, I think before I can answer that question, I need to answer another kind of pressing question. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of on all of our minds. Right. Um, all right. Pre- preface question to this preface question. Have any of y'all seen Secret of Kells? The Secret of Kells? What? Nope. No. It's an Irish animated movie. Um, <clears throat> fantasy, kind of dreary and interesting and cool and arty. Mm-hmm. It's just a gorgeous movie. It's so pretty and so well done. It's it just feels it's as magical as like a Ghibli movie. Um, and it's from these this these cool people um, who aren't Ghibli. Yeah, who aren't Ghibli. <laughs> and they just released a new movie called Song of the Sea, which is probably better than Secret of Kells or the Se- whatever that is, whatever it's called exactly. Um, Song of the Sea, and it's about um, a family, and they get kind of swept up in this kind of magic fairyland underground thing, and it just moves from to all these different sights and sounds, and it builds up to this great, really sweet climax, and it's a really, really gorgeous movie, and I really recommend checking that out, and Secret of Kells. Because those are kind of next level animated features that I don't think are getting as much traction as they is could. Is uh, traditionally animated or is it CG? Um, they, they um, there's probably CG work added in. The character designs and everything are two D. Okay. Yeah, and it's so pretty because you oh. you don't see two D animation anymore. No, yeah, this is that, and um, probably a lot of CG stuff adding on. Well, yeah, but it's that's not really that's, that's obvious, and that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I was yeah. just like, worrying about like the main feature itself. Is it just like a three D movie? Which nope, it's was... a two D movie. It's this artsy, years in the making Irish animated um, movies for kids and adults that are kind of dreary, down to earth fantasy epics in really neat ways just about focusing on kids and their little perspective on kind of larger than life things that's really cool yeah it was really cool um so yeah that was that was the preface question what was the question you asked me again okay so we usually like like i said we've kind of ditched the segment the last few episodes because i didn't really think there was a point of including it however i'm going to bring it back just one more time and then i'm just gonna stop uh bringing it up john have you played dark souls well, I think before I can really answer that question. Okay, I'm gonna. Fu- sake, okay, I'm gonna fucking strangle you. <laughs> I actually had a question about the Steven Universe game, real quick. Oh, go mind. for it. Because I see it's on not only iPhone and iPad, but like also Android and Kindle and stuff. And I was thinking of downloading it, but I've never seen an actual episode of Steven Universe. But I really like Paper Mario. 
oh yeah, you'll be you'll be able to dig it. It's mostly just this cool combat engine. Um, everything outside of the combat engine, um, this the story stuff is cute. It's basically constrained to the beginning and a little bit in the middle and the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but and there's a lot of little references to the show, kind of interspersed that fit in nicely. Um, but you'll be able to enjoy the best part of the game just fine without being a fa- without watching the show. Um, and the other que- the other appendum to that is you should really watch the show because <laughs> it's really good. All right, sorry. Uh, back to the matter at hand. Have you played Doc D- Dank Souls? Um, well, one thing I just wanted to add in before answering that question. <laughs> actually, I went to the beach this weekend, and I wound up reading. Oh, a whole, I read two books this week, that I, and I hadn't read any novels since like January, where I tried reading Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> so I wound up. Are reading, any of them Dark Souls? <laughs> No, neither of them are Dark Souls. I wound up reading Imogen's, I, Imogen, I, Imogen, <laughs> Beanie's, Beanie, um, Nevada, and I read um, Pat Pat's book, um, All the Lonely People. It's really good. It was really good, wasn't it? Yes. It was just romantic and then creepy and then sad and then just. It's what it was you a really. Ex- it's what you expect out of a book written by Pat, but it is not what you expect out of a book exactly. written by Pat. I saw- when I saw the title originally, I was like, all the lonely people. It sounded so like, on the nose. It was like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like with the zeros, you kind of threw it all out there. And then you've got all the lonely people. I was like, oh, come on, Pat. Are you really going this on the nose? And I was like, oh, okay. No, this actually yeah. makes sense. Once you read it, it makes sense. Coming off of the zeros, it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be more of that. And yeah. then you, no, it's not. <laughs> no, he's not going back to that well. Not at all. No. Mm-mm. So I really dug that. And um, I really like Nevada, too. I read that cover to cover um, just on the beach, which is really relaxing and pleasant and great. So books are cool when they're not written by 50s English professors <laughs> trying to remake the modern myth or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, can we move on to a very special segment that I know that we've sort of ditched the last few episodes oh because I never saw much of <laughs> John, have you played Dark Souls? Yeah! Alright, we can, mo- all right, we can uh, move on. Oh, really? Oh my god, it's so, so you, good! You fu- Gee, we've only been fucking telling you this for a year. Or more. Jesus, that game. It is a John. It is a. It is a John game, top to goddamn bottom. Mm Mm-hmm. In the best way. It's just. Oh, there's. (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna kind of throw this out there. Um, it doesn't really seem like there's anything wrong with Dark Souls. (laughs) I mean, like, there's a bunch of little. There's a bunch. There's a number of little things of like. Definitely. Resistance stat doesn't really do anything. Uh, geometry Fine. can be real wonky. Geometry can be wonky. There are a couple parts where the frame weight rate dips. Unlike a broad... Con- and I haven't seen the end areas, which are supposedly kind of rushed yeah. and not as interesting. Which is, yeah, that that's, makes sense. Um, unlike a broad conceptual level, everything about this game fits together so well and so just neatly Mm -hmm. that it just blows my mind. Like I keep thinking on, I keep thinking on terms of like games that do one thing really, really well. Cause that's kind of how I have to think from, um, 
as a game designer who makes little games. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of that's kind of what people need to do at this at a low level at the kind of not low level but like at the small personal intimate scale of the, a lot of the games I look at. You have to have kind of one thing that you hone in on and direct everything towards. So like Dark Souls, if you take the action game of Dark Souls where you have a sword and a shield or a sword and a roll, a, th- a thin sword and a roll or a ranged weapon or something, and then have a big long hallway that changes wallpaper and a bunch of varied enemies you progress through with that never ends. That would be a really fucking fun, endless action game. Oh, I thought I you think. were going to say the combat is not what you're here for. No, no, no. What I'm just saying is Dark Souls is a game that does like 12 things really, really well, and you can't take out any of them, and I wasn't sure how to deal with that at first. I kept, <laughs> I kept thinking like, well, I love this combat. Um, what if we just took out all these numbers so that we could focus on just that? And then like, I love this open world structure, but uh, uh, I love the, but the numbers actually add a lot of like, depth to this world and kind of pleasant messiness and uh, I, I don't want to take any part out but it's, it's too much. How can it be good? I don't understand. You see, when we were telling you to play Dark Souls for the last year or two, this is the exact reaction I had in mind uh, coming from you. <laughs> no, you've put, you create an endless action game out of Dark Souls and it's fucking fantastic. If you... Take out a lot of the combat and stuff, you and just kind of worm your way through this gorgeously realized world. That's a fantastic thing. If you just have the gorgeously realized world and no action combat, make it all turn based and a bunch of numbers, then you'd have a fucking amazing RPG. Um, and then you put it all together. It's this. It's as an action game. It's basically as good as like Castlevania, like old great Castlevania as a world to explore and get sucked into. It's basically as good as like super Metroid and as like a weird meta numbersy thing with lots of messy systems that kind of worm together in weird ways. It's as good as anything saga does. (laughs) (laughs) And as a bizarre, um, Meta game where people are sharing information and tips and tricks, and there's weird multiplayer invasion stuff built in, and the multi all the multiplayer stuff is built into the actual fabric of the world. That stuff's fantastic too. You can't and you and I can't think of any piece that I'd want to take out that I think would make the end result stronger. I think every little tiny piece of this gigantic thing adds to it. It just makes it a better, more complete, perfect, amazing, cool thing. Yeah, I think when people talk about the flaws in that game, they're not talking about any of that stuff. It's kind of the more later game stuff. And like, mm-hmm. kind of like weapon upgrading gets weird. Like, mm. when you had to ascend your weapon to plus six so that you could reinforce it to plus seven. Weird <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, like, I I'm, I'm reinforce my weapon plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five. And then I look into the menu... And it's not there after I get the uh, special upgrade that lets me go past plus five. Mm-hmm. And I'm confused. Like, what the hell? <laughs> it's, my weapon's gone. No, I need my Zweihand. My Zweihander. Ah! And then I go up to modify weapon, and it's there after I, after I already panickedly texted you on Steam. 
and then I modify it, and it goes up to plus six, and then it disappears, and then I go back to reinforce weapon, and then I can send it up to plus seven. Yeah, that those systems really didn't need to be that janky to get the, the point across. Mm. The weapon stuff is weird, and like the item descriptions are so terribly worded. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, like allow for modifi- modification one dash four. Large Ember six ten or something weird. Yeah, it like it's it like the descriptions for those items and those materials. They make, went through Google Translate. Or yeah, something. it's <laughs> really bad. And like the like that that game had a patch uh, after it was released uh, to spiffy up some of those translations. <laughs> so I like I'm trying to imagine what some of them were or how bad they were at the beginning. Oh, that's funny. What does what does it say when you kill a boss? I forget. You defeated. Is that? Ch- I almost feel like that. They was changed. changed for- they changed that to. Um, I think it's just like um, demon defeated or something. Maybe I don't remember. You defeated. Victory yeah. achieved. Victory achieved. Victory achieved. Yeah. This is you defeated. You defeated. <laughs> you so best. Yeah. <laughs> But people actually liked the kind of janky you defeated one better. I you think am the best. You am the best. I think it's. <laughs> I think. I think that you defeated is funny. I guess, but I don't really see any reason. Like, if oh, they're yeah, gonna if funny. they're gonna clean it up, clean it up. You know. Oh, that's the that, that there's an actual mod that replaces it with you so best. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the one that replaces you died with thanks, Obama. I like that one. I love that one. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, there is one that thanks replaces Obama. you died with thanks, Obama. <gasps> oh, that's funny. It's kind of so like even... <clears throat> in the Japanese version of Super Mario Sunshine, it would say shine get. And yeah, people yeah like that's that. what I was about to reference. But to then they honest. changed it to you got a shine or whatever. Yeah. Shine. Yeah, it's I just it it's just shine. Weird. Oh. So even even the kind of messiness and obtuse of the stuff that's kind of layered over the action game and the world exploration is a little bit... I'm not going to say it's like as good as it could be perfect, but the obtuseness is just a little bit endearing to me. Yeah, I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. kind. Of, it feels very much like a successor to stuff like Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, Castlevania 2, those... Um, yeah, when I wrote... Janky ass, not janky ass necessarily, but... Um, early kind of like throw you in the world and let you figure it out like it's a game that respects your intelligence as a player mm-hmm. it's like you know you can probably figure this out you know like yeah. when i when i wrote um i wrote a piece on like prior to dark souls 2 coming out that sort of went over like the methodology and like the mindset you need going into a dark souls game and that you know these games aren't really hard they just ask enough of, you know, they ask more of you than a lot of games do these days. And one of the first um, comparisons I made of like, oh no, this thing is big and intimidating in front of me. And the first um, example that I used of that was uh, a screenshot from the opening screen of The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and it's just like, you're thrown into this world and it's just like, go do something. You have something. four different paths out of here and only one of them actually gives you a weapon. Yeah, it's like, go do something, you know? It's just, and I think that that's really what like, like why that game shines so much is because mm. it, it, it really brings that kind of old school mentality into uh, a more modern setting, but still is very true to those roots. Exactly. And you'll have friends who tell you, who say, oh, by the way, 
uh, this is what kindling does. And you'll go, oh, thanks. Just ah. like if you're a kid on the playground whose friend owns Legend of Zelda and has been playing it for slightly longer. It's like, hey, where'd you find the blue candle? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just, it has that slight social aspect to it that it actively encourages with all of the weird multiplayer stuff. Yeah, you know, like leaving the messages on the ground. What's great about that is that they're not moderated. It's like, you know... All, the message you get, you know, in your session could easily be something that sends you doing something completely stupid. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it's, and it's just like, that's part of the game. Like, I I talked to a lot of people in school that would just completely bullshit about games. It was just like, mm-hmm. what, the f- what were you talking about? You can go get Mew if you get under the truck. Yeah, just dumb <laughs> shit like that. It was just mm-hmm. like, like, what are you talking about? There aren't four warp whistles yeah. in Mario 3, you dipshit. Yeah. Castlevania 2 has lies in it. Yeah, it's just blatant <laughs> that, lies. Mean, obviously, that game is weird and broken in a bunch of ways, but the fact that it has lies, NBCs that lie to you, yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> I love that. So there, Dark there, Souls, there are instances that. of that. <laughs> there are instances of that, like in Demon Souls, uh, before you fight, um, what's her name? Oh, the, f- the 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 false idol lady, yeah, or whatever she is. <laughs> Like, if you go in and, like, kill her, she just, like, revives. And she just keeps reviving. Like, every time you beat her, and it's like, what the fuck? And you go up, and, like, you start looking around, and there's this dude upstairs, and he's, like, just hovering around a magic circle, and he's like, hey, man, I'm not bothering you, just leave me alone. I got nothing to do with anything. I'm just here, like, he's like, I'm just here in prison, dude. You know, and it's just like, and it turns out you have to kill him, or she will revive every time. Yeah, makes sense. And that's really awesome. Uh-huh. Or like the very first fight in Dark Souls where you get to a boss fight and then <laughs> it kicks your, your ass. And the and then you realize that the way out is to go through an open door to the left <laughs> of the boss and run away. <laughs> like, that's it right there. That's that's what's fucking cool here. Welcome to the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to and Dark like, Souls. Sounds, Stopped. Like, if that doesn't make you laugh then you might not have a good time that makes me laugh like gut laugh to realize that's the solution or if you're really good you can crop beat him with the broken sword hilt that would take a long time (laughs) isn't there an achievement for that uh there might be there's Mm -hmm. a thing in demon souls where you can kill the first boss yeah and you get an extra scene of uh the dragon god punching you and killing you (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny because he literally just hauls back and punches you with this gigantic fist and you go flying. That's so funny. <laughs> it's such a great reward for being awesome. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole oh. point of the of the intro to Demon Souls is your character's basically being summoned to die. Mm, and yeah. you either die by that creature that's supposed to kill you or the dragon god kills you. And it's really cool. <laughs> it's funny. Getting a little off topic, Bloodborne starts similarly, where like you're supposed you're supposed to die to the first enemy. Uh huh. But on replay, I realized you can do the backstab to him and just win and keep going. Oh wow! So you can just keep going into the world with no weapons and just your fists. <laughs> I just wonder if anybody's going to be crazy enough to try to beat the game that way. That would be interesting. <laughs> I remember dying on the Asylum Demon and being like, "Okay, that was obviously like a joke fight, right?" And yeah. nope, it responds right in front of the fight, and you're like, "All right, go fight him again, you fucker." <laughs> and I was just really happy. <laughs> so that that oh, 
yeah, Dark Souls is great. Um, and oh, and in Demon Souls, isn't there an NPC you can rescue who then slowly kills off all the NPCs <laughs> yep. in the hub? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, a lot of other people give you warnings about him. Mm-hmm. I remember a few other characters like, you know, you probably shouldn't trust so-and-so. <laughs> you might want to do something about them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, I rescued some mystery guy in a mystery jail cell with, quote, the mystery key yeah. um, <laughs> in Undead Parish. Awesome. And then I get back and talk to him. And he's like, thank you for rescuing me. <laughs> oh, that guy's fine. He sounds like an up-and-up guy to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he'll probably murder somebody later. <laughs> um, I doubt it. And um, I met Solaire, and he seems nice. I'm sure he'll live a long and happy existence. <laughs> Solaire is great. Solaire is great. I just wanted to just give him a hug. He did like, you, I, he's just so happy. You, yeah, exactly. I kind of feel I kind of had a kindred spirit moment with Solaire there. Like, I was trapped in this undead purgatory. Um, I like to think I could come across a little bit like Solaire. <laughs> Goals. Oh, yeah, you, know, you only hope you could though. be. You only hope you could be as grossly incandescent. Grossly, well, that dude, that's exactly it. That what dude is like that? super optimistic. So yeah, that is the John of Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like this is a totally horrible, rotting world, and he's just like check out this tweet. Uh, sorry, Look check this out this sun. sweet sunrise. This is so cool. You want to watch like, it with me? Yeah, I can make us some here. tea. <laughs> Jolly cooperation. Want to join my covenant? Hell yes, I want to join your covenant. Jolly cooperation. Jolly cooperation. And then he helped me beat the Bell Tower Gargoyles. There you go. What a nice guy. He really is. Oh my god, he's going to die. Nobody dies in Souls games, John. Oh yeah. Yeah, they (laughs) die. Only you. I think I I just know that from outside the game, actually, but there's um, there's no... so far, there hasn't been, like, any... The the only time it felt like those characters have really interjected themselves into the experience of the game was with him, safe with him, helping me beat the gargoyles. Aside from that, um, the well, NPCs like, feel pretty There's static. a lot of storylines to follow, right. but you've kind of exactly. got to know. Well, I looked... The only one I looked up on a wiki, just for fun, was um, the guy at the bottom of the watchtower in Undeadburg. And he's just this random ass enemy with a big shield, and I, I ran up to him, tried to kill him like five times, and then gave up. And um, <laughs> he has this big detailed backstory. And I looked in the item descriptions, and you see oh, it right there. Havel, Havel, right. yeah, yeah, Havel, Havel, and he's just this Parium. random guy. Parium. I did him. I did him with all barehanded parries. <laughs> Hell what? yeah! You can barehanded parry. What? That's that's, that's silly. No, you can do it. I've basically forgotten that you can parry. <laughs> Parrying's awesome. I just barehanded awesome. parry in his face, man. It feels awesome, yeah. But beca- here's my loadout with Dark Souls. Um, I got a big-ass shield. I got the elite <laughs> suit of armor from um, the Moonlight, the Dark Root Forest. Oh, wow. You were just, got- like, all over the place. <laughs> really? Yeah, you were just, like, going from place to place to place to place. It sounds really awesome. Like, you're just taking it all in. In, in the whole game? Oh, I have consumed so much of this game. Yeah, you just I, like... I went and got the... I got this Vehander 2. Oh. Uh, and I've leveled that up a bunch. I have like a plus 7 Vehander now. Oh, and nice. I He's put, doing my playthrough. Oh, I put, two-hand I put that son of bitch. My, 
I started off by putting almost all of my points into strength. Two-hand um, that son bitch. <laughs> this is where my Dark Souls experience and my Attack the Light experience intertwined was I realized I'm really enjoying putting all my points into strength. <laughs> um, and then I realized I was killing basically every enemy in one or two hits. Nice. So I started putting all my points into endurance and a little bit into vitality. Because I wanted to have stamina. Vitality what? becomes important pretty soon. Yeah. Okay, I'll keep I'll keep leveling up vitality. Those are the three I've been hon- focusing on. Um, so yeah. now I've got a bunch of stamina. Once you get over forty, I wouldn't worry about putting more oh. points into something. That's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. I tried to yeah. do a mage playthrough with not boosting vitality at all. Oh god, <laughs> that did not go for the second half. I was like, okay, fuck this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot die to everything. Literally everything killing me in one hit. <laughs> oh bummer. Do it at level one, bitch. <laughs> so basically, um, so far I can learn. Bas- I've learned basically every enemy tell so that I don't get hit. Um, awesome. Like um, the big ass guys in um, Blight Town that have the huge th- things they sweep at you and they give you the five hundred souls and they do the mini boss disappear animation when you kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can almost kill them in two two handed heavy hits and they, that staggers them um and then ca- they just need one more little hit to die i can kill him with one parry <laughs> touche but so i've just got this big big sword yeah it is huge and a big shield and i'm just running around every, basically every enemy just <laughs> hit one big i let them hit me with on my shield or figure out their tell it's what i know when i can attack and then Heavy one-handed hit. Boom. <laughs> Heavy one-handed hit. Boom. And then and then there'll be one next to it. There'll be two or three. There'll be two next to them. I'll go heavy one-handed hit. Switch target. Heavy one-handed hit. <laughs> and then they're both dead. And then oh, okay, yeah. now the skeletons are gone. I haven't taken any damage. Life is good. <laughs> and I feel like guts from berserk. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this to me but like Switching targets during your combo and just having it pivot and hit both. That is, is so, so awesome. fucking cool. It feels so good. And it chains directly. And it, the animation chains. Yeah. yeah. So that it takes less wind-up time, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Oh. So my path, I've just gone gone to the Piling Shrine to Undeadburg, beat the Taurus Demon, um, went there and beat the Bell Tower Gargoyles, poked around in the Darkroot Garden and Basin, um, poked, and then... Went back to the Fireblink Shrine and went down to the catacombs. And I hung out in the catacombs for like two or three hours Whew. and got a bunch of shit out of there. That, I place, will, got, that place will take it out of you. Um, and then I got, yeah, because I couldn't find a, a bonfire past the first one. So it was a good six minute, six or seven minute trek to get down to the bottom where all the skeleton wheel guys are. Oh boy. Ting, 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 ting. So at that point, and then, um, I had someone helpfully mention, you know, you don't actually have to go there right now. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm starting to think that. So then I managed to get into Lower and Deadburg. Um, uh, I'd beaten all the bosses except for the Bell Tower Gargoyles. Pretty uh, tourist demon I had some fun with. Um, once I figured out I could climb up the tower, that one was pretty easy. Um, I, I beat Capper Demon just kind of luck um, on the second try. I ha- I fought my way through the depths where I got cursed, so I trekked back to the <laughs> um, Bell Tower Gargoyle place so I could heal the My curse. divine blessing doesn't cure 
curse. Oh no. Yeah, I started the game with three of those, and now I've got two of them. Um, and then I fought the gaping dragon and such that, an awesome fight such an awesome fight it really I took like 10 tries maybe when it shouldn't have taken that long because it's very pattern based oh, yeah, it's, it's not as it's, erratic it's tells like, are so easy yeah not like bell tower gargoyles or the capra demon sort of this uh, weird gross ass designs though it's oh, just it's like great. this, it's this gorgeous. Like, rib cage splayed open looking kind of thing and the way it arcs its back backwards oh so that's god just, yeah ooh. it's unsettling it's very unsettling and not just like in a gross out way either like in that one interview thing he did yeah it has that kind of weight and dignity in a weird way yeah I like the what? intro for that fight. It's really yes. good. The little head pops up, and you're like, oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? And then you see it, and you're like, what it's the exactly hell is that? What is that? It's exactly like the Stage 7 boss in Hardcore Uprising. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Little yeah. snake thing comes up, and then dun, dun. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I beat the Gaping Dragon, got into Blighttown, um, moved my way through Blighttown, um, only real problem with Blighttown is the toxic shooting guys. Ooh, but there's, only like, there's only like three of them between and thankfully, you and, um, and thankfully they bottom. don't respawn. Exactly. I found that out. Um, I didn't thoroughly explore the swamp at the bottom. Mm. Um, I figured I'd be fine. I got <laughs> a lot of the items. I got um, I got the Firekeeper Soul so I can get up to plus 15 or whatever, oh, plus two Estus Flasks. Cool. Um, and then I went into Quaylog's Domain. And you met uh, Spider Waifu! Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so that was that was when I realized clearly this game actually was specifically made <laughs> for me more than over anybody else in the world. Um, it's catering to everything, <laughs> including his fetishes. <laughs> <sighs> so either I, I can't decide if I want to just hang out with I'd want rather hang out with Quaylog forever or be murdered by her. Um, either way sounds pretty great. And then I rang the second bell, and that's where I'm at. Awesome. Actually, you forgot to mention then meeting the true love of your life, the elevator. <laughs> I, died on the I elevator. heard you really <laughs> fell for her. I died on the <laughs> elevator more than the Capra Demon and Quaylog combined. Which elevator? The the that one makes... elevator, the first one. Oh, um, Jesus. The big wooden rotating thing. Yeah, wow. it's, it's, it's not that hard. That I just kept, I, I wanted to leap off of it at the oh. top, and then I kept backstepping instead. What and I, I, I backstep see, I thought... It and fall. When Rhett said you fell off an elevator since I knew you were messing around in Blighttown, I thought you were talking about the little rotating lifts they have, because I would I, I would always fucking backstep off of those accidentally when fighting those little mosquito-like dudes that spit oh, blood at you. Mos- I love that the mosquito enemies actually psychologically influence you a lot like actual mosquitoes. Yeah, it's really just like, get, get away! <laughs> and they're just a constant menace. I don't mm-hmm. think they stop. Yeah, they're like the one thing that keeps respawning. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. And they're just so damn annoying. And they don't, like, just make a beeline for you. They like to hover a little bit and then be like, then inch towards you. Get the <laughs> fuck over here. That's funny. They're, they're, oh my god. Or you'll see, like, wings flapping up under, like, the, the four you're on. You're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> 
I drew like a little map in class today of the areas from, <laughs> just from memory, and it's so fun seeing how they all interconnect. I love that. Oh. So John John has not gone up from Blight Town yet, so don't say what's up there. Okay. No, I have to. I have to manage to claw my way up there. I man, I found the key to um, the Orlando ruins, the mm. Orlando Bloom ruins. <laughs> okay. The, uh, I can't What's remember it? the name of the guy from Star Wars who. <laughs> you have you, ha- you have to tell me this now. He's in charge of Cloud City. I. Star War. Oh. Lando Calrissian. Yeah. <laughs> the Lando Calrissian key. And I realized that was off to the side and I could have easily missed it and then climbed yeah. halfway across the world and had to come back and like, I don't know what to do. And I don't think you need it, but it's nice to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, just like the, I think the butterfly is optional. Yeah, the uh-huh. Moonlight Butterfly, you can just run by it and never have to fight it. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't. Do you even need the key? Because as as far as I can tell, it was just a shortcut to get. It's into just a the shortcut. Basin it's faster. Just a shortcut. The dark root basin, so I can fight the Hydra thing faster. Mm-hmm. That thing killed me both times I went down <laughs> there, and I'm staying the fuck away until I'm stronger. Uh, <laughs> I looks, was the complete opposite. I was like, I'm taking that thing out. I don't care how long it takes me. Yeah, I did the same thing. Like once you figure out what it does and how it's reacting to you, it's not that bad. Yeah, you just need it's to so sort of you need to play around with it. You need to play oh. around with it and clear the area out. I would suggest doing that. Oh, first. Yeah. I got to the first time the the um, the ice beasts were destroying me with my little dinky claymore because I wanted the biggest sword and that was the only one. <laughs> and then yeah. I got this once I got there the second time. I was like, "Well, you're going down two hits. You're See, going think, down two hits." I'm thinking my intro for John was actually perfect because you know how they say you use big swords and you get big cars because you're con- you know overcompensating <laughs> for something. <laughs> I really like. I really like the swords. I really like the big sword. Mm-hmm. I really like the. And you the cannot character- lie. <laughs> <laughs> She's solid snake that shit. Oh, that was right great. in. Perfect. Wow. <sighs> you know, John, Dark Dark Souls 2 has basically a buster sword. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. an even bigger fucking sword in that game. Oh, there's a glowy blue one that's a reference to um the Moonlight Sword, and that's a reference to the Kingsfield series. So mm-hmm. if you're dedicated fans of Kingsfield. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's actually what I used for a lot of Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Really? Moonlight. Or was it? I actually forget the name though. It's uh, Moonlight Sword. Something that. like that. It's something like that. I didn't use it. Mm-hmm. So that's a reference to the Kingsfield series. So mm-hmm. there was clear lineage there. Um, a lot of Dark Souls too. I carried around a big old dragon dick. <laughs> that's what it oh, I got, like. I got the I got the super special secret weapon from um, the Capra Demon and the and the gargoyles and the um, gaping dragon. Oh, nice! He's cutting them tails. Cutting off. them tails. Cutting them tails off. I, I want to. I want to see you get some of these other tails. Woo! There are a few of them that were just like, oh. "I'm done. I ain't doing it. I can't." Yeah, there's one of the, there's a boss in the DLC that mm-hmm. if you're doing it solo, it's virtually impossible to get the tail. Yeah, on. yeah. Uh, Mike Foster did it. I saw him do it on stream. So. How long did it take? It took him about 20 minutes. What? Yeah. It's, what? To get That's... the tail. It took him about 20 minutes because it wouldn't give him the attack that he needed to hit the tail. Gosh. Oh, 20 minutes in one fight. Yeah. 
Yeah. I thought this was going to be like three hours, though. Oh, the, the yeah, the stream was probably about three hours. Oh, okay. That, yeah. There we go. Uh, when, <laughs> we we did, when, we, uh, when we discussed Dark Souls, which we're going to at some point in much larger detail, Mike's going to be our guest, so. Cool. Yeah. Once Chrono finishes it two or three yeah. times. This yeah. game is really good. Yeah, John, once you're good and ready to have a this big full like discussion a... about Dark Souls 1, uh, we're going to do a big special episode about it. Now, this could be like a just top favorite of ever. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah, just in the top 15 or so. Like John's already got his game of the year. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. I think I have my game of the year. So. Oh, Jesus. Game of... Whatever. Game of forever. I mean, okay, I'll just pick Binding of Isaac again. <laughs> All right, we don't have to do we don't have to do GOTY this year. Cool. That was Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, Dark Souls went from rage basically rage quitting on the Taurus Demon. Yeah. To it being my number one game of the year. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. that moment when you come out of the parish and like near the blacksmith where you have like four different paths. You yeah. Can go, yeah. That was just such a holy shit, what is this game moment for this me? This game is too big. Mm-hmm. Like, just think, not um, seeing that openness in anything in so mm-hmm. long. Just and There's no map. Isn't that so nice? That's the best part. There's no map. It doesn't need a fucking map. It has the... It has the... Just gall, the will well, to just be like, we don't need a map. The world speaks for itself because it's mm-hmm. memorable. You can remember yeah. where things are because everything in that world is so immensely detailed. Mm-hmm. And maybe like Metroid Prime needs a map because it's not um, it's not kind of making you rub your nose on these level yeah. designs over and over. Like yeah. Dark Souls stuff. Dark Souls is super hard, which lets which gives you the time to learn these areas, these spaces. Yeah. And those spaces are so much smaller than any of the other Souls games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important in making them memorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I can just visualize, like, the church area. Yeah, they're the just, they're really dense with with the amount of uh, of detail and, and uh, memorability that they packed mm-hmm. into those areas. Yeah, the fact that there's no map and the fact that there's no fast travel, just right there. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Those are two. Those those can be. Those are fine tools. They just use kind of as crutches, I think. Yeah, and when you design your game world in such a way that you know you don't need that, you know you've done something really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, one of the things that kind of drives me crazy about Bloodborne is that, like, at this point, there's four games in that quote series. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely design trends you can see yeah. across all of them. So it's like three of them start you with fast travel and dark souls is the one that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it, I just think that makes that world so much richer because yeah, of it. Because mm-hmm. and then actively exploring it. Yeah. And then they, and then they're like, well, this is the one that people come that turned us into a trillion dollar mega franchise. Let's, let's break that part out. That, that's obviously yeah. not good. Yeah. And it's, then it's like, like I, in three of the games, when you reach the checkpoint, you have to teleport into a little separate hub world and then talk to a lady to level up. Yeah. Three of the games do that. Dark Souls is the one that doesn't. And it's just... It's, it's so much cleaner. weird design ethos. Like, why does it have to... You have to level up by talking to a lady. Like, why is that a core tenant of this series? Isn't and the Bloodborne lady voiced by the Maiden in Black Lady as well? <laughs> I guess she is. She doesn't sound the same. I was like, boy, this... Because she's voicing a doll. Like, it is the most dull performance possible. Like, so it's purpose. a doll doll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
But weird. she's got she's got none of the personality that the maiden in black had, mm-hmm. or that that accent. She was mm-hmm. awesome. She was awesome, and they almost put a female NPC to level you up in Dark Souls. Wasn't that originally what somebody was going to be? Uh, Priscilla, yeah. I think. Yeah. Weird. So you would have had. What would they have made you do? Just walk back? I don't see. I don't know. And Weird. I'm glad they did. And I'm that. glad they ditched that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it at the bonfires. The bonfires. There aren't a trillion bonfires out there, so it's they're very tactfully laid out. I think. Yeah. It's so weird because one of my favorite things about Dark Souls is that how your character feels so much more self-sufficient than in the other games. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Where it's like yeah. you get the bottomless box. You get the uh, like the thing to repair weapons. And like mm-hmm. you kind of earn that stuff over time, and then I play Demon Souls, and right at the very start, there's the guy with the bottomless box, and there's the guy who upgrades your stuff, and it's just like, oh, you're giving me this stuff right off the bat. Like I don't have to earn it whatsoever. Like you have to find the blacksmith in Dark Souls before you can mm-hmm. upgrade. Yeah, like there's a there's a ramp to that stuff. Yeah, and it's just like to to get elemental weapons, like you've got to find this stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and honestly, obviously the um. The all the fighting and movement and everything in Kingsfield is super clunky. Just that it has that structure is what made me be like, oh, this is obviously a cool thing. I'm, I'm not going to tell exists. you not to check it out. I'm just going to say I didn't care for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get you. I'd rather I'd rather play Demon Souls. Um, Maybe I'll but, watch an LP of it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so so Dark Souls. It's Dark treating Souls. you really well. It sounds it's like it's treating me. Was there exactly any how I want? <laughs> I never had a doubt ever. Not once. Oh yeah, no, I, I didn't either. I'm just. It's just so nice how much it's. I just feel it's. It feels it's. It's the kind of game that um. It's like these other hard games I play. I feel like it. It starts at the place of like. Dragon Quarter and kind of the better sagas mm-hmm. and then kind of pulls back and makes them a little more forgiving in some ways and makes it kind of uh, more exploration focused, less ten- constant tension drama. Yeah. Um, kind of that more Metroid-y languid yeah. f- experience this world pace. Using the language of the world to guide you along rather than text boxes. Exactly. So Dark Souls starts off in that place that is very much something that I love. And I feel like all the th- games that are like trying to imitate Dark Souls start off as boring AAA bullshit and then add a little bit of Dark Souls to it and try to make it more interesting that way as opposed to starting in that great place yeah. and then kind of pulling back and being more restrained from there. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned this online too, was that I keep seeing people talk about how the Dark Souls experience is being frustrated for hours and hours and then having these moments of just euphoria when you finally triumph and everything. Um, that's not really my experience at all. Maybe yeah, I'm you, just... <laughs> you do yeah. seem to be going through this pretty quickly. Like, gaping dragon taking you ten times was a little weird, but mm-hmm. you got past fucking Capra Demon on, like, your second try. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy drove me nuts. <laughs> so I'll probably take on the Hydra at some point. I'll probably be able to manage that. Yeah. Um, no, you'll die to all the easy bosses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Quaylag was easy. I didn't die there. Yeah. She's pretty easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pretty, pretty. And, um... <laughs> um he likes big spiders and he cannot lie. <laughs> um... 
And so with my experience, it's basically just constantly having this big old grin on my face. That's um, really awesome. Yeah, I die and I'm just so I've had all these experiences with like Echo the Dolphin and Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter and Saga and our type where failure is can be just like either either it's just complete really unforgiving like welcome to the machine or it's like oh well you might have to there's a chance that you'll have to replay this entire game from the start now <laughs> yeah and looking forward to that <laughs> so it's that yeah dragon quarter does it cleaner than anything i've seen that's good um, that's good yeah it's there it's in your face there's a chance it'll happen and it it will feel like your fault and in a nice way. <laughs> and it's also very possible to do it on your first try. Awesome. Um, just knowing that I wasn't being as careful as I made it. I used it, used the magic stuff, deep power to stuff on most boss fights. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't have quite enough to comfortably get through the end. So if ah. you, so when it seems like it's time to use your deep, Deep D power. Mm-hmm. Maybe try it without using your D power. Oh, I'm gonna use all my D power. <laughs> I'm gonna use Rhett's D yeah. power. So that so that's the thing with Dragon Quarter is like it puts you into hell and says, "All right, now claw your way out of this shithole <laughs> over the next 15 hours." And um, that's the thing; it's not as long as typical RPGs either. Exactly. So even if you um, have to replay it, it's not a huge investment. Mm-hmm. So with Dragon Quarter, every inch of the setting is impressing on you how awful it is. Both of the two main characters you care about are on the verge of death. Great. Unless they get out. Um, so it's miserable, intense as hell, and that makes the ultimate ending really cathartic. Awesome. Um, Dark Souls is completely different. There's not, there's not that complete overriding tension and intensity you're just experiencing this world, moving through it. Um, it's not hell; it's purgatory. Yeah, and that's just that's in the theme of the game. That is where what this setting is: is this stasis that you're poking around and exploring. And it make it's so like interesting as a fantasy setting, while also very innately video gamey, mm-hmm. um, which is fascinating. It's, it's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, because um, most game worlds are kind of static. Yeah. But just because of limitations, this actually bakes it into the story. It exactly. Makes it, cre- it makes it kind of creepy. Mm. Oh, f- completely. Um, and the per- per- when the permanent changes do happen, that makes them that much more impactful. Taking out a boss feels... It, it has that kind of Shadow of the colossus vibe of, like, taking down this great creature. Oftentimes. Um, like with the Gaping Dragon, there was a little bit of melancholy there i thought mm-hmm. um, you you come to that a few times in that game i think i figured um less so oh. with like the tiny bosses like the capra demon is just like well that's just a fucking dude whatever no nah, but there are some great moments <laughs> in that game that really just like make you sort of like look at what you're doing and be like oh no mm-hmm. no <laughs> oh i know exactly who yeah you're talking about, yeah but I won't say. don't say mm-hmm. it's really good moment and um probably something heartbreaking with Solaire with Dark Souls me and so and and that fits so much with that greater theme of the game of like um the everything be of the starting off with that formless 
um, eternal nothing mm-hmm. with the dragons and the fog, adding fire and energy and death, and then eventually all of that's just dissipating. Everything is decaying, and then the ending is a choice. Is this choice between maybe delaying it a little while longer uh, and just embracing it? Um, it's very complicated and interesting, and there's a bunch of cool ideas kind of built in that setting in a tactful way. Cool. And it's a really good action game. Yeah. And it's a really good exploration experience. It's like as well-structured as like Super Metroid. It's got that thing in Super Metroid where like it'll have large open areas that loop around. Like when you loop back around to the Firelink Shrine after being in the cathedral, it felt like mm-hmm. getting to your ship after beating Kraid in Super Metroid. Yep. And, yeah. um, and Super Metroid has parts where it goes a little more constrained and linear. Like you go from wreck ship to Meridia and maybe to lower Norfair. And that's a pretty straight line. Um, and then in dark souls, you have lower, um, undead Berg to the depths to blight town to Quaylog. And that's a pretty straight line too. Um, which is just an interesting variation from the more interconnected stuff outside of that. Yeah. <sighs> it's all cool. The dark souls is good. Yeah, it's all right. It's, good, good. Dark Souls is good. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you you, you must be ex- y'all must be exhausted. I'm sorry. <laughs> that game's really good. We'll. I'm sure we will hear more we about it in the next. Yeah. We'll be revisiting uh-huh. Dark Souls quite a bit. Yeah, over I'm the gonna next, probably finish it in the next week or finally something. Finally, fucking played played it. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I played The Binding of Isaac Rebirth and 868 Hack. We've talked about both of those games on this podcast before. Go listen to those. Um, <laughs> Rhett, wow. Rhett, do we have any email? You, you're just skipping all your stuff. You really? Yep. Okay. Uh, we do have an email. All right. Let's hear it. Hello, dear participants of the SoxCast. Since there weren't any emails the past few episodes, how about a big one with multiple questions right now? This, is, this won't be too bad. Multiple parter. You know, like a boss battle that just keeps on going with one phase right after the other. A red <laughs> boss battle. Like a Dark Souls. Oh. Uh, what was the crazi- craziest and most over-the-top thing you've seen in a video game you could actually control yourself? I mean something that is at least partially interactive. Uh, and I would awesome. say... Vengeance. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what Everything in Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Especially the first boss. Yeah. yeah, it's the first boss in Revengeance. That just dismantling like. a Metal Gear with your bare hands was so good. Yep. Oh my god, I get excited again just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And just the thing where you lift up the by the sword. Yes, it's so good. Go what? Go play. And when the it. song comes in, yeah. oh god, rules yeah, of nature. It, are we are we in agreement here? I think <laughs> boss I think one revengeance. We, what about what about Grimm's? What's the most the craziest thing you've ever done in a video game? Uh, I don't know. I think like the entirety of Roundabout. Yeah, that game's not. pretty goddamn silly. I love it. Mm-hmm. I've I've played about an hour of it. I don't have like a formulated opinion. I was going to talk about it this episode, but I, I've only played it for an hour, so I can't. I, I don't really want to give a full opinion on that yet. There are some frustrating sections, but yeah, it, I've kind of noticed nuts. that. I've noticed that about uh, the gameplay, the gameplay, and the camera. Uh, like the camera could stand to be zoomed out a bit more. I think. 
But uh, and they need yeah, to, I, and, and some of the like breakable objects kind of needed to be marked better because I I got confused a lot of the time as to like what I could safely smash through and what I couldn't and I didn't think the game was doing a good job of expressing that. Uh, is that a block? Oh, good. Uh, is lo- is that by Twisted Pixel? It's by uh, it's by Dan Teasdale. Uh, he, he is formerly of Twisted Pixel, so it uh, sort of explains like using a game as sort of a, co- a vehicle for comedy. As, yeah, an FMV. Yeah. Because I was thinking related to this question about craziest, most over the top things. The like the entirety of Loco Cycle is really crazy and over the top. Yeah, yeah. The game itself is garbage, but the I uh, I, I enjoyed it to a point, but. It's just, it's nuts. Like, you have aerial fist fights yeah. as a motorcycle. Why <laughs> like, not? Like, the villain is another motorcycle voiced by the guy from Terminator <laughs> who played the T-1000, like, the morphing one. Like, What's really just- crazy about Twisted Pixel is how they've become really known for their FMV stuff, but the only reason, like, they really had to resort to that was because they ran out of funding at the end of the original Splosion Man, yeah. and they had to do the ending in FMV. So they, so like explosion. So explosion man has this like just ridiculous FMV ending that's just totally stupid. Oh yeah, explosion man. Yeah. Yeah, that get, the, explosion man and Miss Explosion Man are really good. I really, the ending of Miss Explosion Man is pretty good too. Yeah. The game part yeah. where it turns into Punch Out. Yes. I <laughs> I haven't played the full Miss Explosion Man. I got too fl- frustrated. I think it it is way more difficult than Explosion uh, Man. Okay, next question. One more over-the-top thing. Uh, the first boss in Vanquish. Yeah, that's pretty damn crazy, too. It's too bad that game doesn't... <laughs> then the game doesn't deliver yeah. at all. So it's there's Platinum and Treasure. Yeah. yeah. And Reet. <laughs> Basically the trifecta there. I wear my inspiration on my sleeve. Yes. Mm-hmm. Platinum, Treasure, Reed, and Contra. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, question two: How about another episode of the Soxcast intensely focused on one game? And I think we talked about doing a Dark Souls. I one. think we yeah. should do one for Attack the Light, the Steven Universe RPG. Oh, totally! <laughs> yeah, we're we're all gonna play that and get right on it. That'll be airing next week. Cool. <laughs> uh, you guys are gonna love this one. If you were given the chance to improve Metroid Other M's story and gameplay. <laughs> what would Oh god, Polly's dying. <laughs> I'm Polly. I am not sure that there is anything. There is nothing. She did M. Nothing redeemable. Tear out everything and rebuild Can it from scratch. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I'm really I hate, saying this from the heart. I hate everything about that game story. Jesus. I hate everything <laughs> about that game. I don't think there's any redeeming value to Metroid Other M. I could agree. I was just going to list some of the things that bugged me, like oh. a, a short <laughs> list, like the fact that the deleter plot goes nowhere and is just kind of unceremoniously thrown aside. That was dumb. The fact that uh, there's like a subplot with the sh- ship is going to crash into a planet, but then Anthony just fixes it off screen yeah. and it gets thrown away. Like that was dumb. The fact that they tease a section that's going to be a remake of Torian and then don't let you in. The part where I legitimately fucking raged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like there are gaping plot holes in that game. Yeah. It's that almost just... weird. Like 
like the they fact- could have fixed all that stuff and it would still be far and away the worst metric game. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It would have- still be an affront if you could play through Torian and fight Mother Brain at the end. If, oh. if you fought Ridley twice or if the deleter plot get resolved, it would still be an affront. <laughs> but just those things, just why? Like, what? Yeah. Even on taking the game on its own, like, bullshit approach, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, if this game was completely isolated, not part of a series, you'd be like, what? Like, it just introduces plots and then drops them, and then the last boss is, like, ho- holding up your gun to point at a character. Like, oh there's weird shit in that game. And the then big climactic moment when you beat the Metroid Queen, and then they don't tell you that you turned your power bomb on, so you die. Oh god, I, I think I had to look that up because I was so confused. Oh, even taken on its oh. own, it's basically trying to turn Metroid into a shitty AAA action game, right? <laughs> and then it it fails utterly at that. Yeah, and its goals are horrible, and then it fails at them. I remember seeing the initial trailers for that when it was like the all CG ones and it was focusing on the younger Samus. Yeah. And just thinking it was going to be this open world kind of mass effect thing. And then compared to the final product. Oh just, my God. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was probably like what? 15 when that trailer came out. Jeez. I was fucking hyped. And I, I played the game and loved it as a 16 year old. I um, remember. I, yeah. Obviously you, wrote wrote, a review, you wrote another review for that. Didn't you? Yeah, I did. A very <laughs> lengthy praising review. Um, yep. Because I was, yeah. And, other M, other review. Yep. Um, Look it up I on the saw, site. I, basically, <laughs> what, what was there was that I was, I wasn't really, I, I didn't perceive why the goals of that game were kind of horrid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see the ways that it failed at achieving those goals um, in a significant way. So I was basically taking it as the AAA bullshitization of Metroid taking on that and ignoring the ways that have failed at being that and talking about why that was great. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't think the gameplay was horrible. It's yeah, just, I could actually... It's still the worst Metroid game. Yeah, now. yeah. I don't... I think it is completely functional and yeah. I don't think there's anything interesting or worthwhile about it. I think it's just polished. The The those little the shooty bits where you're running around in third person are pretty yeah. polished yeah um i don't the think there's any good ideas that they're necessarily polishing they're just triple a shooty shooty combat i guess i don't know uh. the, the way you pointed at the screen to go into first person mode but then it handled horribly oh god so like missiles were just a total crap shoot yeah mm. Like, there's so much wrong in that game. Like, not trying to beat a horse, but there really is. <laughs> no, beat that horse. Even if it's mm-hmm. dead, that horse deserves to be beaten for all eternity. Or just, yeah. like, the pixel hunts in those cutscene kind of things oh, where you have to God. zoom in on certain things. Or Adam having to authorize everything, including the Varya suit, when you've already been in, t- in the lava area for, like, an hour. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. I guess, like... In that genre Chris of like, authorized, <laughs> <laughs> like that that genre of like PS2 bad licensed action game, <laughs> it's a bad version of that. Wow! And it has 
Metroid in the name. <laughs> That's pretty apt, really, because the voice acting also seemed like it came from PS1 yeah. generation. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they got the directors of Resident Evil. Oh, Jesus. How, did Who real? How did that happen? The baby. The baby. The baby. The oh. baby. The baby. And to not think. <laughs> to think that Retro got Jennifer Hale to do the grunts in Metroid Prime. I know! But, but not any actual dialogue. That's crazy! <laughs> and then when they give her this huge script, Sam is this huge script, they get... I mean, I'm sure the voice actors is fine, but the directing was obviously oh, horrible. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Just this horribly cardboard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, just, just, just don't emote at all. Just... <laughs> yeah. That's an We're going to interesting... put you on, like, tons of painkillers before the action <laughs> We're going to put you on a morphine drip while you're uh, recording. Mm-hmm. And uh, this script uh, has, like, <laughs> was written by a four-year-old. <laughs> uh, I just... A really happened? sexist four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. An MRA four-year-old. Oh, God. <laughs> a four-year-old who is just a particularly asshole four-year-old. Doesn't Sakamoto do the Animal Crossing games, too? I'm <laughs> not sure. He's doing Splatoon. That would be pretty oh, weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Huh. Well, Splatoon, well, wait, what didn't can he you... work on? Didn't he work on the oldest Metroids games, though, as well? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's obviously just a really weird artistic brain where putting him in a certain kind of experience will result very differently <laughs> than if you put him in a different kind of... I think he's the George Lucas of the games. Yeah. yeah where cool. he made these masterpieces, but then kind of lost mm. sight of why. Lost sight of it. Retro did something better uh, and brought this, you know, the series back to prominence again, and then he was just like, hey, that's, that's mine. By the way, the thing you did doesn't exist. Oh, man, mm. yeah. If you want to talk about flaws in Other M, the fact that they tried to make they tried the Prime to, series yeah. on canon is, yeah. like, the most unforgivable. Uh, uh, uh. Ugh. God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Gunpei Yokoi probably had a lot, Yokoi did, probably had a lot to do with the original Metro games being really rad too. Yeah. Like his whole studio was just kind of kicking ass across the board at that point. And there's no way he didn't have a lot to do with Metroid being great. Definitely. Oh, any more questions? (laughs) Is there an old forgotten Nintendo franchise you would like to see a modern sequel to similar to Kid Icarus Uprising? Jackal. 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 Nah, Jackal? Jackal. I mean, Jackal is a really dumb, like, old arcade shooter by Konami. Well, I was just kidding. I was going to say, if you wanted Shackles, I mean, I, I don't think it's appropriate for this podcast, but. I mean, <laughs> Have you heard you this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking about Rhett's dick this entire time. Shackles or Spiderweb? Oh, jeez. Uh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, Mr. <laughs> anyway, Mr. My answer would be the trilogy of Star Fox slash F-Zero slash Metroid. Ooh! Yeah, give me that. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that. that's a bet. Yeah, all of those are just dead, aren't they? Put all of that in they, me. Give me that. I think they are doing a new Star Fox, but we haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty, you know great, if they put, it'd be pretty great if they released Mother 3 in the United States. <laughs> Illegal content. I hope they don't ever do it. 
Why? Because <laughs> I, I just love making Mother fans mad. Mother 3 is good. I don't care about Earthbound. Mother I think Mother 3 is good, is good as too, but I like letting people know it's not as good as they think it is. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good, but it's you, not So that you just great. like destroying hopes and dreams. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, when, when Mega Man Legends 3 got canned, I oh, was laughing. I was laughing my ass you. off. I'm hanging up. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm still mad. I'm fucking Capcom. I think the mother games are probably, like, the best <laughs> series of games I've played. <laughs> just as a complete thing. Oh, Lord. I just feel like I wanted, I just had to say, wanted to add that so that we had an opposing voice when people listen to this. <laughs> can, can, can we really also good. bring back Paper Mario that isn't Sticker oh. Sir? Thank you. Oh, yeah. can it not oh be, it's so sad I, that there are two um, Mario RPGs on the 3DS and both seem to kind of disappoint people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Dream right. Team is not good, and Sticker oh, yeah, Star is not good. Yeah. That's such a bummer. And, and Super Paper Mario on Wii is Super not Paper Mario good. is not good. <laughs> it is not very good either. Well, aren't those games like platformers now? Like, what happened? Like, I that's no, what, I like Super Paper Mario. I could not finish it. I just tapped out. Or uh, there was like a level that was like all in space, and it was just like a door. Hey, maze. that's where I tapped out. It's like oh, a door weird. maze, and that's all. It's like, go in this constellation. Well, nope, the door nope. maze, there's also the door maze. In the uh, haunted house. The hub. Yeah. yeah. The hub is a big The hub maze. is a big door maze, too. Uh, uh, okay. All right. I, you know, can we start wrapping this up? Okay. Yes. I just wanted two more things. Okay. You know how Nintendo's art team seems to be kind of, like, on fire right now? Mm-hmm. Like, in a good way? Like... <laughs> There's that Clay Kirby game, which looks amazing, and there's that Yarn True. Yoshi game that looks amazing, and I just think, man, those are 2D platformers. Where's our Metroid game? Never with, gonna happen. With oh. Nintendo's incredible artistic vision. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be so good. Or mm. just do it sprite-based. I don't care. Just anything. Just anything. The 3DS is begging. I have not, I have not had a new good Metroid game released as an adult for me. Aww. Yeah, that's Aww. never happened to me. You poor thing. Maybe try yeah. Axiom Verge. I hope that's fine. I hope that's pretty okay. It seems like it's very much like this is a... Me- it looked really cool when I saw it because it was like, oh, this is that kind of weird glitchy aesthetic that I... I've heard that it's really inspired by, but does a lot of its own thing in okay. really unique it- ways. I don't know much about it, but like the review by Jeff said, it kind of subverts your expectations of it just being a Metroid clone, which sounds oh, neat. good. Yeah, I'll probably play it because I, I really like seeing games that do Metroid well because very, very, very few games actually do, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, last yeah. question. Okay. Do you think Kickstarter will keep reviving old franchise, franchises like they did with ToeJam and Earl? As long as there are old washed up game devs out there who need money to do something and can't, mm-hmm. and can't think of a new original idea. Is that the Earthworm Jim guy? No. Toe Jam no, and Earl? No. Did he do something on Kickstarter? I think so. I thought yeah, he did. They yeah. did a new Toe Jam and Earl. Wait, no, the the um the Earthworm Jim guy. Because I remember oh. a bunch of people talking about how he was kind of an ass. He's kind of yeah. a big uh, homophobic ass. Dick right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't meet your heroes. But yes, that's gonna continue happening. As long as people keep putting up money. Yeah. 
Yep. It does seem to be slowing down. Like, Toe Jam and Mineral kind of barely made it. Yeah, it's definitely a trend that is slowing down. But Everything's it's definitely... going to Star Citizen. But, <laughs> it's, but, but the thing is, like, we're sort of at the end of, like, those big franchises that, you know, haven't really seen the light of day in years that you would want to revive. We're kind Shit. of, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel if we're going for Toe Jam and Earl. I would yeah. kickstart or scraping between your toes. Ew. I would <laughs> kickstart a ton of Konami franchises. There we go. Kickstart Contra. Kickstart Contra Five. Let's go. Gradius Six. Gradius. Oh, I figured out who the Kickstarter guy was. Uh, the Earthworm Jim guy. Uh, it's the guy who's making uh, Armacrog. Yeah, Armacrog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like oh, that yeah. claymation thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be coming out in 2015. Was yeah. Gianna Sisters a Kickstarter joint? I think so. That was, yeah. I think. But that That's game was so really good. That game, was, that game was really good. I have that was different it. because I don't think Gianna Sisters really had that nostalgia hook for people. I know, that's what makes it so funny. It only had that nostalgia hook. Tra- it only had it nostalgia hook if you were European because Nintendo's presence in those territories at that time was either way too overpriced or non existent. So Gianna Sisters actually got quite a following over there. That's really cool. But for the wrong reasons, because it was just a copy of Mario. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it wound up being like, didn't they come out like the same year as like New Super Mario Brothers Two and New Super Mario Brothers Wii, uh, Wii U? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I remember you saying like, so the Gianna Sisters game is actually more original and interesting than the new Mario game. It really is. <laughs> it really <laughs> actually is. Yeah, it doesn't actually play like Mario at all. No, it's you know? it's its own thing. It has its own identity, and it's like it's it's a bit masso core for my tastes at times. I think oh, the, it, la- the last boss was really a bitch. I think it gets way too difficult, um, but it's still a good game. Yeah. Any more that's questions? For- no, that's it. All right. Uh, I want to firstly apologize because I know I've probably seemed a bit out of it uh, this episode. Uh, we went through a power outage and a bunch of shit last night. I didn't get a lot of sleep, so that's why I've not really been, uh, you've been saying fine. much. Well, I, I think you've been great. Well, I skipped my shit entirely when I did have a lot of stuff I wanted to say, but I was just uh-huh. like, we're running long. Fuck it. I right, just so, keep playing. Just keep playing 868 Hack for the next two weeks. There you go. That'll probably happen, and I'll probably still be playing The Binding of Isaac as well, so... (laughs) Gotta get that Platinum God. I'm gonna get Platinum God. I believe in you. So, so again, uh, before we head off, again, I want to remind everybody, uh, April 26th at 7pm on my Hitbox channel, we're gonna be hosting a live SoxCast to celebrate SoxMakePeopleSexy.net's 10th anniversary, and I'm inviting you all to be there, and I'm inviting you to participate by either signing up for Skype or signing in with your existing account and adding the SoxCast as a friend if you want to be on. If you want to be on, you will be talked to. Bottom line, we're not ending the broadcast until everybody that wants to be on has been on. This thing could go on for hours. I don't care how long it goes. Um, so with that out of the way, Miss Grimms, I want to thank you for indulging us these last three hours, uh, with your lovely presence. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's really mm-hmm. great to be on here. Awesome. And where can we find you on the old inner butts if we want to keep up with what you're doing? Uh, I would recommend, uh, twitter.com slash gremlinsrs. Cool. And it's not Russian. Does, I, yeah. I I am not I am not Russian. <laughs> not Russian. Comrade. Cool. Um 
And John, where can we find you? Um, Powerwaytimes.com. I redid my domain. Oh, you finally got it re-upped? Oh, yeah. Good job. Oh, great. (laughs) Good. Uh, Rhett, where are we looking for you? Uh, Inconsequentialexistence.com. Cool. I'm Paul. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. I almost went for that joke. <laughs> I kind of think we've always got to do it now. We've got to have an Eric plug in every episode now. Uh, so, uh, hey, thanks for listening. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love... I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs>